did also as a department is beyond meeting DDGs um, who had underperformed and them presenting their plans, we had a separate workshop uh, beyond that for the program, environmental program. If you look into our budget, majority of our budget, uh, they've got a sizable amount of resources. They do work very closely with entities in delivering uh, environmental programs, but it is one of the programs that has actually had challenges in delivering, uh, and they only achieve 33% of their of their targets. And as a result, we then had to drill down in as far as underperformance of this branch and look into what needs to be done and to ensure that the improvement plan that is presented will indeed yield uh, results that will have positive impact on the on the on service delivery um the we we uh, we have formal uh, as indicated i think i've already indicated this that there are formal improvement plans which we have attached as annex chair in the in the presentation honorable uh, chairperson and members uh we are not going to go into detail but it's a demonstration that this process is formalized and I am managing it on a quarterly basis uh, with the DDGs uh, involved, uh, where there are uh, programs, uh, DDGs and uh, programs that have uh, shown that they are in the ICU, uh, mainly forestry, uh, uh, waste bureau and, and uh, 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 environmental programs. Those ones, we have more regular engagements uh, with them, uh, given that now we are implementing uh, an improvement plan as part of our performance uh, management. In the next slide, what we also want to share, uh, um, uh, Chairperson and, and members, is that what we have realized in the department is that when we compare ourselves with the rest of the other departments, uh, across the national government is that we have the highest number of uh, key performance indicators. You will see we have 149 uh, across the whole, in total for the whole department. And we have then worked very closely with the DPME who have indicated that we need to be focusing on strategic targets as part of what then is highlighted in the APP so that we are able to focus on targets that will make uh, an impact uh, to the citizens out there as opposed to look into operational targets which uh, 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 should be managed as part of our operational plan. So in the 2022-23 APP, as part of our planning and also continuing to inform our five-year strategic plan outcomes and the sector MTSF, we have then uh, worked on ensuring that we deal or we uh, extract and reduce uh, those um, um, numbers from 149 to a lower number which is mainly focusing on 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 strategic on strategic uh, uh, key performance indicators when we compare ourselves with the rest of the other departments we have the highest uh, kpis 149 uh, big departments i think uh, home affairs education health 
they have at most 60 uh, uh, performance indicators in their APP. Um, so as a department, we felt that we had to ensure that we focus on strategic uh, key performance indicators, which we have started uh, gradually working on uh, in as far as our uh, performance is concerned. Um, the the other aspect is that uh, when we then look, having have, uh, put in place comprehensive uh, implementation of uh, improvement plans, monitoring very closely in the first quarter uh, of the year 22-23, we are uh, seeing noticeable uh, performance improvement, especially in those uh, branches where uh, at the end of the financial year 21-22, there were issues around the performance of those branches. Um, what we also did, because one of the contributing factors to our performance was as a result of uh, SEM-related matters, we have also ensured that we proactively have terms of reference for all the work that needs to be done uh, in the year uh, 22-23. Um, and all those terms of reference for the projects were concluded and um, uh, proactively through the office of the CFO, working closely with the DDGs, we are then trying to accelerate our SEM processes informed by those targets. Um, we do have monthly uh, uh, tracking with uh, especially those programs that are underperforming. And also, uh, I do have a, a bi-weekly session with all DDGs. Uh, on expenditure, where we look at expenditure, what are your commitments, um, invoices that have come through, are you paying those invoices uh, within the stipulated uh, time frame? Uh, in the next slide, we are then, uh, um, the next slide, please. The next slide, we then are coming to the expenditure. And I think the chairperson has actually highlighted the concern of the, of the committee, where as a department we spend 82%, which uh, has resulted to an under-expenditure of a nominal amount of $1.6 billion. And it is a huge amount. Uh, uh, as a department, uh, we are really uh, ensuring that we do not see a repeat of this under-expenditure. Uh, uh, of this under expenditure, given that it has uh, impact on job creation uh, on the ground. And um, um, the main um, programs that underspend is the EP program. So they only spend 71 and also forestry. So those are the two uh, which are really, really concerning, and we are working very closely with them uh, to deal to deal with the with those with those matters. In the next slide, uh, we are then going into the reasons uh, for under expenditure, and and here this is mainly uh, affecting uh, the environmental programs where there was a delay encountered in as far as the expanded public works program that uh, this program rolled out. This was mainly as a result of, I think, as a department, we've had a, a negative uh, audit outcome uh, in the past years. 
And there, uh, the auditor uh, highlighted the issues around the manner in which we have been uh, allocating and spending money on EPWP. And one of the critical findings that the department had was that uh, we were actually um, transferring money to implementing agencies. And in certain instances, there were inefficiencies identified by the Auditor General. Firstly, on how those implementation uh, agents were appointed. Uh, But secondly, uh, it was an issue of following the money. Once you transfer to the implementing agent, uh, are you able then as a department to account fully for all those money that were transferred? And those transfers were made in advance on a quarterly basis and then the implementing agent would then be expected to report back. Uh, And some of those elements uh, uh, as a department, we were found wanting in as far as that is concerned. And they then indicated that uh, as a department, we need then to uh, comply with Section 217 of the Constitution and ensure that the manner in which we deliver these EPWP is subjected to competitive bidding, which then compelled us to move from transferring to implementing agent and then move into a procure-to-pay process, which then then, uh, compelled the department that we must advertise tenders and the prospective uh, uh, service providers that can assist in employing uh, the EPWP then had to then uh, put forward bids, which then are then supposed to be evaluated and then uh, awarded by the department. And I'm going to allude, given that there was that change, there were indeed uh, certain challenges around uh, that change. The other aspect uh, that also uh, we are highlighting is that uh, program six has about three billion uh, budget allocated to it, and changing from transfer into goods and services, therefore, then required that we need to have capacitated our supply chain management uh, unit within the CFO's office to be able to handle the magnitude of the transaction that we're going to be coming through in terms of then the procurement process. And that capacity was not immediately uh, addressed by the department, but I am going to allude to how we have then dealt with those issues to ensure that uh, our SCM capacity is geared up now to respond to the new way of uh, procuring for the EPWP uh, in in the department. Uh, In the next slide, I think I have already indicated that uh, the delays were then uh, encountered, given that now we have had to go out on tender. We're no longer just transferring resources to individual implementing agents, and then the implementing agent would run their own processes, which as a department we didn't have a view of, uh, which then also, in a way, uh, uh, um, 
it, you know, the Auditor General indicated that we were compromising certain internal controls uh, because as a department, we need to be able to follow and trace where the resources are going. Are they going at the right place? Are they being utilized and yielding the services that uh, are intended uh, by the by the department? Um, um, so given that now we went out on tender, as a, there were quite a number of bids that came through, and we had had to evaluate all those bids uh, and look into then awarding and concluding contracts with then implementing agents that would have been appointed using a competitive bidding uh, process. And that uh, had uh, a bit of delay in terms of implementation. Um, and, and some of the contracts were only finalized uh, mid-year and some of them towards the third quarter, which then would have resulted uh, in some of the resources not being spent. There were additional resources that were made available to the department. And these additional resources was as a result of an implementation of the uh, Presidential Employment Stimulus Program, whereby all departments implementing EPWP were then uh, allocated uh, additional resources. And that was mainly as a result of a realization of the unemployment rate uh, out there uh, and a need then to look into a short-term intervention by government uh, to ensure that uh, there is an expansion uh, on the uh, um, uh, EPWP. However, in our case, as indicated, those funds were made available only after the adjustment budget during the financial year uh, 21-22. And with the procurement processes that were facing challenges in the department, then uh, we then obviously um, uh, started the um, programs very late uh, and we could not necessarily spend all those resources. What I also want to highlight in this uh, slide is that um, public entities uh, of the department, uh, like Isimangaliso and Sanbi, also were, did receive these amounts, and they were able to uh, uh, utilizing uh, existing contracts that they had. We didn't have uh, new contracts because all our contracts were irregular. We had to then start from scratch. But with entities, with their contracts that were existing, they did manage to uh, deliver uh, on those on those programs. In the next uh, um, uh, slide, I'm also alluding to uh, the reasons for under-expenditure. This is mainly around waste management, where we had a recycling enterprise support program, and an allocation of $72 million was made available in that financial year. And there were issues here around uh, also SCM, and I'm going to go into the details, where the department was not geared in terms of capacity to procure. Majority of the resources that the department had was mainly uh, channeled through uh, transfer payment. And uh, the SEM capacity, we had only about, I think, 11 officials, and yet we had a budget, a huge budget of about 9 billion, 
We then had to look into capacitating that SEM, given that we are realizing that the shift and the reclassification of resources from transfer into goods and services then has necessitated the department to beef up its capacity in relation to that. The other one that is also understanding is forestry. Uh, and uh, forestry is a branch uh, together with fisheries that was transferred. It was transferred uh, to the Department of Environment uh, with effect from April 2020. So this was the first year uh, the forestry uh, branch and fisheries were then uh, part of the uh, the Department of Environment. And there were certain issues around uh, um, procurement of services in these uh, two branches that we inherited from the Department of Agriculture, from DEF, uh, were being done uh, in a decentralized manner. And when they then were transferred into the department, uh, as per the recommendation from the Auditor General, uh, procurement had to be centralized in order to ensure that you have proper controls in place. Uh, we had then had to do the same for these branches. Uh, um, and, and that centralization uh, in this year, given that that was the first year of migration, had uh, uh, challenges in terms of then um, um, being able to procure for the various regions. Uh, and ensure that those regions are indeed ready for implementation of various programs uh, at the right at the right time at the beginning of the financial year, and they are able to spend from from the first uh, of April. Uh, in the next slide, um, I've already highlighted that uh, as a department, we were we implement this centralized approach as part of intensifying our control environment. Given the huge irregular expenditure that the department had in CAD, which was as a result of decentralized uh, procurement and where the center had no control of what was happening in the various uh, provinces and also in the various regions. So we then had to centralize and ensure that we put controls in place. However, uh, Honorable Chair, we are now looking into how best then to ensure that with the centralized approach, we still make sure that services at a regional level are still uh, uh, procured uh, within reasonable time and there are no delays uh, as a result of uh, um, uh, trying to introduce controls. And at the same time, we then uh, uh, are... Uh, compromising on service delivery. So it's about a balance. You have your controls in place, but also at the same time, you must have measures in place to ensure that uh, the regions, they start uh, uh, implementation of their programs on time and they do not have to wait for, for the center to do all the procurement uh, on their behalf. So I think uh, the next one is just then providing a summary uh, uh, in terms of the root causes uh, of the underspending, um, where we had had to have a change uh, in terms of the classification uh, from transfers into uh, uh, goods and services. 
Uh, but also we had had to centralize and put in place control measures that will ensure that uh, um, there's compliance to the laws, especially procurement laws. And there is a very clear uh, back-to-back procure-to-pay system, which then becomes the culture of the department. And then, then we then look into how then do we service the various regions with a tight internal control environment in place, which is what the Auditor General had found that as a department we, are, we were not necessarily uh, uh, doing well on. And I must say that we have... Uh, an improved uh, internal control environment now. And uh, the main thing is to ensure that we work very closely and in a, a smooth uh, approach with the, the the officials in the regions uh, for them to be able to deliver services. Capacity issues, uh, we have had challenges around this. We've done our level best as uh, I think the committee would be aware that uh, uh, compensation of employees, uh, there is a ceiling set by National Treasury. So, you know, expanding the number of posts, we had had to look and see on how best we can rearrange from the existing posts that we have uh, in the department so that we then uh, enable additional posts for the SCM uh, to then be in a position to uh, uh, carry out the new responsibilities uh, as a result of the reclassification and the requirement of the accounting standards uh, as highlighted in our audit. Um, and, and, and we, I, I would want to highlight that also the compliance universe of the department has improved uh, greatly. Uh, moving forward, it's some of the areas that uh, we are hoping that uh, um, as a department, we would not be found wanting. Uh, and we have a responsibility to be dealing with the past huge irregular uh, expenditure that the department has had as a result of a decentralized procurement that we've had. The next slide. I think I've already alluded to this, and it mainly uh, chair and honorable members' impact on EP. And why we are emphasizing on this and us as a department taking EP as a critical program is because of their contribution to job creation on the ground. Um, uh, and they were the a branch that was negatively impacted upon in terms of irregular expenditure that uh, resulted from 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 uh, environmental programs. Um, and uh, we had had to also train service providers, service providers who have never tendered before. Uh, we had had to train them and make sure that they understand when we issue a tender, they are then in a position to respond to those tenders uh, uh, as required by the procurement uh, prescripts and also the procurement requirements. Um, um, the inadequate uh, class, uh, capacity, I think I've already indicated that in terms of the reclassification, but we have had to then uh, capacitate uh, the SCM uh, unit. Um, the next slide, I think now uh, I'm just alluding to the improvements given that uh, the main reason was around uh, compliance to SCM 
and also trying to ensure that we do not find ourselves with irregular expenditure as we had uh, in the past. We have enhanced our SEM, um, all director and deputy director positions in the SEM division within the CFO's office have been filled. We also have uh, brought on board temporal capacity for a period of 12 months uh, in a form of uh, SEM practitioners. We have interns in the department and we've made sure that uh, SEM also does uh, have a sizable amount and we have four uh, SEM, I mean, four interns that are uh, appointed uh, to deal with SEM. And we have brought on board uh, a service provider for 24 months. And this service provider is mainly also uh, to assist uh, in the function issues around quality assurance, making sure that uh, depa- the department adheres to uh, the requirements of the prescripts, but also to assist in terms of then making sure that we we do comply uh, to the procurement uh, process um, as, as stipulated. In the department, we had had to review and revise the SEM policies. SCM, the policies and the delegation were varying from branch to branch and from a region to another region. We had had to standardize all that to ensure that uh, there is ease of operation across the whole department and also ensure that there then is a, a clear sense of what is expected from the various officials that are responsible for procurement even at branch level, for them to be complying uh, with uh, SCM. Training has been done uh, um, for both SCM uh, practitioners and officials uh, who participate mainly in bid specification, evaluation, adjudication, uh, given that now most of the resources are now under goods and services, which therefore means we need to be going out on competitive bidding and we need to be then uh, um, applying uh, procurement prescripts in as far as uh, securing or uh, procuring services for the department. We also have um, uh, uh, indicated to the service provider uh, where there is uh, independent quality assurance that is embedded in the system. And I think this is assisting to ensure that whatever the different committees are doing, we also do have uh, some form of uh, uh, quality assurance that is done before then the bids are then taken to to the uh, bid adjudicating committee uh, for the bid adjudication committee to then uh, make uh, appropriate decision. There are daily uh, meetings, engagements between branch managers and the SEM uh, 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 team together with the rest of the other uh, team uh, members of the CFO's uh, office to trace payment and look at monthly uh, commitments, and that happens on a, a regular basis. In the next slide, I'm just also highlighting in terms of the SCM, we are having uh, the procurement plan, which every department is expected to put in place as informed by the demand of the projects that the department is supposed to have. We then have to have a procurement plan 
Uh, and that procurement plan is then uh, submitted to National Treasury. It's also advertised on, 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 our, on our website and also then managed by the office of the CFO. There are weekly engagements with line branches uh, to monitor and unblock areas around the various stages from drawing of terms of reference to ensuring that you have your committees in place which are going to put together your specs, approving your specs, going into tendering. And tendering must be for a stipulated time in terms of the regulation, evaluation, and then adjudication thereafter. So these weekly meetings and weekly reporting, uh, which now are uh, inculcated within our system, are then uh, assisting in ensuring that it unblocks uh, any blockages that are there in the procurement, procurement process. We also have, uh, because of the number of documents that we receive, we realize that the issue of document management is one of a critical issue that the department must deal with. So we have proper storage around tender documents, but also we have also kept the tender information in a soft copy so that it's easily accessible in cases there are queries, but also for audit purposes, we need, we, we need to ensure that uh, we have proper record, record keeping. Uh, internal control never existed in the department, but as a result of rearranging within the existing structure that we have, given that we can't increase our personal budget, we have a personal ceiling, a compensation ceiling, we have uh, uh, created a directorate of internal control. And this is one of the areas that will, will assist us in ensuring that we strengthen internal controls and also fast track in dealing with the irregular and fruitless expenditure that has happened in the past. We are in a process now of even sending through certain cases that have been uh, investigated, consequence management taken to National Treasury for National Treasury to begin to be condoning so that we can be able to clean the history and then move forward uh, implementing the systems of improvement that we have. Um, we, we have also established a, a, a portfolio, a forum for CFO and SEM, not only for the department, but also for the entities, uh, given that entities are delivery models and they deliver um, on behalf of a main mandate of the department. We then share best practices and ensure that where we need to be assisting entities, we are then uh, providing that appropriate uh, assistance, transferring resources to them on time to enable them to then deal with uh, uh, delivery uh, at an entity level. The next slide, what one then wants to highlight and uh, indicate that with the uh, challenges we've had in terms of performance, but also in terms of expenditure. We then have put in place the formal improvement plan. This then begins to show this is the first quarter uh, performance of the department where the department has uh, shown a, an improvement to about 75% uh, in terms of um, um, uh, targets uh, that are achieved. You will note that from the 149, with the exercise that we've done with the 
Department of DPME as focusing on strategic uh, key performance indicators in the year 22-23. Those uh, have come down to 85. So we believe that it is, uh, we will then have the strategic focus on what uh, needs to be um, uh, delivered as a department, which will make an impact uh, to our citizens out there uh, in the country and in the various uh, um, um, uh, provinces. We, we, we also, in this presentation, are indicating that the programs uh, which we have put through an improvement plan, especially environmental program, where we saw them delivering on 33% of their targets in the first quarter. They had uh, delivered about uh, 63, uh, 63%. Um, and they also had contributed in the first quarter to achieving uh, 13,034 work opportunities. And out of those work opportunities, uh, we are able to account for 48% uh, being women and 63% uh, being youth uh, beneficiaries. Um, we also have uh, measures in place to address any other delays um, uh, around uh, missed targets and where we can extend a contract within the acceptable uh, prescripts, we have done that. And we've also uh, um, utilized entities uh, in terms of acceleration of delivery so that the jobs on the ground are not uh, uh, compromised. We also are, are piloting an in-house model whereby uh, we look into employing the EPWP directly uh, by the department uh, so that then it becomes a process that is much quicker uh, and we're able to respond uh, to the needs that are there on the ground uh, in as far as EPWP work uh, is is concerned. So those are some of the improvements that we are beginning to see. Um, in the next slide, uh, there it's mainly uh, in relation to our expenditure, just comparing to the first quarter of last year. And I'm highlighting the two programs, given that these are the programs that have been uh, performing poorly. And these are the programs where as an accounting officer, as the DG, I have a formal uh, improvement plan with the DDGs and I'm managing it on an ongoing basis. Uh, and we have clear targets for what needs to improve in order for these two programs uh, to, uh, um, to demonstrate an improvement moving forward. So what we are highlighting here is that uh, comparing first quarter of 2021 financial year and the first quarter of uh, 22, uh, 23 financial year. We can see that already environmental program is showing an improvement, a slight improvement in forestry, and they still need for even uh, a, a bigger push in improving uh, and implementation of those uh, uh, impro improvement, uh, improvement plans. On a quarterly basis, uh, we also then uh, I provide feedback to the deputy minister and the minister, given that they were very clear, uh, given the poor performance of last financial year, on how then are we unblocking challenges, both financially and, and non-financial, in order for the department to, to achieve. 
In the next slide, uh, Chair, uh, we were asked in line with your letter to just talk to the FFE's economic transformation plan. And uh, what we are highlighting here is our statistics uh, for the financial year 21-22, where we have indicated that um, we have utilized, uh, we've spent about 52% uh, of our total um, um, expenditure on goods and services there, uh, mainly uh, for BE compliant uh, um, uh, companies. And uh, out of that, women accounted for 16%, youth uh, 4%. In as far as procurement of services, as a department, we're not doing very well with people with disability. In as far as employment equity, we are around 1.92%. I think we are meeting the target, but we need to be doing more on procurement from dis uh, companies owned by people uh, with disability. And you, you can see that there it's zero, even though there's an amount, but it's far less than a percentage. And as a department, we really need to, to, do, to do more. We do also support SMMEs uh, in terms of um, uh, township and also rural, uh, rural, rural areas. And this also is done not only by the department, but also by the by the entities uh, that are, are linked to, to to the department. In the next slide, also continuing with the economic transformation, um, as a department, especially on procurement, we do take a cue from the spirit and also the intent of uh, the 2017 uh, procurement uh, regulations. We we do understand that. There was a constitutional court uh, judgment. However, National Treasury has given, uh, has been given uh, a grace period of a year to continue using these uh, uh, 2017 procurement preferential uh, regulations while they are putting in place other measures, which will then be applied uh, across across. Uh, uh, government. So we have been uh, um, um, taking the cue uh, from that. And we do indicate that uh, as a department, what we had done in the past, we had even taken a step further, which we were then warned uh, legally that we should not have gone beyond what the regulations are saying. We were implementing uh, set-asides um, in the department for us to achieve a particular uh, target for women company and also for for youth uh, and and black companies we 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 were actually including that in our terms of reference and uh, we were then uh, cautioned that this might be found to be irregular more so because of the challenges that are there in the uh, uh, in court so we had had to then uh, tone it down in terms of our terms of reference and not necessarily be very direct on on and implementing set aside. I must say, Chair, that has assisted us. However, we need then also to bring ourselves to comply with the regulation and not necessarily push it further because then we may be found wanting uh, when then the Auditor General comes through to say we've now come up with our own uh, rules uh, which are not necessarily stipulated in the in the legislation of procurement, even more challenging that this has been challenged in the court of law. 
Um, we we also uh, based on the nature of services and market availability, the the, the department uh, therefore um, um, specifies the BE level, obviously in line with the legislative framework, uh, um, and we then promote SMMEs uh, through. Uh, utilization of the definition of the EMEs. The EMEs, the uh, honorable chair and members, it is the exempted microenterprises. So those are SMMEs that are having a ten uh, over of less than 10 million per annum. So we, we have stuck to those uh, guides. And also uh, the QSEs, those are the qualifying small business enterprises, which is defined in the procurement uh, uh, procedures and regulation. And those are mainly SMMEs uh, that are having a turnover annually uh, of less than 50, 50 million. So we now target our ourselves and limit ourselves within the aspect and the rule of of the law as opposed to us then taking it a step a step further the next slide is just uh, just outlining the regulations on how then we are dealing with that and we are expected uh, in terms of the regulation for tenders in excess of 30 million that um, we then have to do subcontracting and it must be informed by those uh, SMME companies, uh, both EMEs and also QSEs, uh, to the level of ensuring that we bring on board designated groups. And that's basically what we are doing now, just to stick to uh, what is stipulated uh, in the, in the um, uh, procurement, procurement uh, regulation. Um, so, so the, the, the bullet, well, what I'm highlighting there, Chair, is that as a department, we have not, we then have had to then align ourselves and uniformly apply the, the, the regulations, um, uh, and based on what is allowable within the legal space. And yet, Madam before Sh- we. Madam Shalala. Honorable Chair. Yeah, on injury time, please wrap up. Oh, let, let me hand over to uh, the uh, DDG Fisheries just to go through briefly on the Fisheries side. Apologies for taking uh, time, uh, Chairperson. So over to you. Uh, good morning, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, Minister DG uh, and Deputy Minister. Um, As the Minister and DG have indicated, um, my name is Sue Middleton and I'm the DDG of Fisheries Management. I'll start on slide 20, which uh, deals with programs to ensure that previously disadvantaged individuals are able to participate in the fishing industry. Uh, The South African fishing sector contributes less than 1% of the, to the uh, total GDP. Uh, as Minister said, we have three uh, fishing sectors in the country. Firstly, commercial, small scale, and then thirdly, the recreational sector. The commercial fishery is worth about $8 billion and directly employs about 28,000 people. The small scale fishing sector is estimated to be around $16 million, compromise, uh, comprising of uh, 140 
47 fishing communities. And in order to ensure the implementation of transformation objectives, sectors are managed through the Marine Living Resources Act of 1998, which is an old act which is about to be reviewed. We also have the general policy on the allocation of fishing rights, which was reviewed in 2021, as well as sector-specific policies and regulations. We have regulations that were promulgated under the MLRA in 2005 and are due for renew and review. And then we have sector-specific permit conditions, which are amended on an annual basis. Small-scale fishing rights were allocated in 2020 in three coastal provinces of Northern Cape, Eastern Cape, and KZN, and the Western Cape is still pending. We are just restarting the process uh, in the Western Cape with an aim of uh, allocating rights by March 2023. And then in the commercial sector, New rights were allocated in 2015-16 in eight sectors, and 10 um, sectors were reallocated in 2021-22, what is known as FRAP 21-22. Next slide, please. The next two slides uh, just indicate the transformation profiles of the sectors that were allocated in um, 2015, uh, that's slide 21. And the uh, blue bar chart um, shows average black shareholding, whereas the orangey per, um, brownish um, color um, reflects the percentage of TAC held by black individuals. And the green one is um, the percentage of TAE or total allowable effort that are hold, uh, held by black individuals. And just to explain that fisheries are either managed through a TAC, a quantum, or through effort. Um, and it is our belief, and we'll show it in the next slide as well, that a more reliable um, indicator of transformation would be a black percentage holding of TAC and TAE rather than shareholding. If we can go to the next slide, that just indicates Ms. 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 slide Ms. 22. Yes. Yes, again, uh, the, the acronyms, yeah, you are saying the, the TAC holders and so on, can you please... Uh, uh, remember, you're talking to people who are not in the, in the sector. That's us, number one. And number two, the public, which is listening out, listening to you out there. There's a public uh, platform. Thank you. Okay. Um, my apologies for that. So, total uh, a TAC stands for Total Allowable uh, Catch, which is calculated on an annual basis. Um, and that translates into quantum or the amount of fish in kilograms or tons that uh, a right holder can extract. Whereas other fisheries are managed by total allowable effort or T TAE. And that is normally um, based on the number of vessels that are allowed into a, a fishery, the size of the vessels, their engine capacity and or the number of crew on a vessel. 
um, or the number of fishing days. So we try and control fishing through effort. The next slide. Um, this slide reflects the 2021-22 fishing rights allocation process in the 10 fisheries. Um, and as Minister said, uh, although the results were announced in February and the figures are the uh, reflecting the February outcomes, uh, we are in the process of dealing with appeals and this may change slightly. Um, but in terms of the 10 sectors that were reallocated now, um, we are looking at an average percentage um, black ownership of a total allowable catch or effort at standing at 83%. The figure isn't there, but the average is 83%. Percentage black shareholding is at 88.76%. Percentage female shareholding um, in the 10 sectors is at 56%. Youth is um, only at 19%, and then uh, disability shareholding is at 2.5%. Uh, so as this slide will show, the transformation profiles in the fishing sector have uh, improved since 20, uh, 2005, um, and we would argue is uh, one of the most transformed sectors in the South African economy. If we can go to slide 23. So um, programs that are in place to assist um, previously disadvantaged individuals to participate in the fishing industry include um, us revising um, our commercial policies to make sure that we meet uh, constitutional objectives and improve the transformation levels in the fishing industry. And during the rights allocation process, uh, the recent one that was concluded uh, in February of this year, um, applicants were awarded a weighted score based on, amongst other things, their profile with regard to race, gender and age. Uh, applicants' black ownership, applicants' empowerment profiles, uh, and so employee service records with regard to historically disadvantaged individuals and years of service, the percentage um, historically disadvantaged wage bill of the total wage bill, dividends paid to shareholders or members, and the average financial flow to beneficiaries, including um, historically disadvantaged beneficiaries and the promotion of um, local economic development in respect of where harbors, where fishes, which harbors are landed and where um, fish is processed. And what we try to do there in the 22 fishing season is to um, award uh, points to those harbors outside of Cape Town uh, in order to stimulate the, especially the Eastern Cape um, harbors. If we can go to the next slide. Um, this one um, I've, I think, dealt with in previous slides, just to say that we do have a transfer policy. And one of the key objectives is that if you sell your right to another entity, you have to improve transformation profiles. You cannot go backwards. 
Next slide. Now, some of the challenges that are faced by our new entrants who are trying to get into the fishing sector are that there are limited resources and there's more demand than there is fish available. And that in order to be fair and transparent, you have to have a competitive process. Uh, it has been argued that particularly for small scale, um, their allocations, their access to what we call the basket of species is limited um, because they're limited to nearshore species. And we need to improve our research in order to make sure that we um, are able to recover those species that are under threat or are overfished. We do um, need to increase our compliance and enforcement efforts to uh, minimize illegal fishing uh, and poaching. And we need to assist um, rights holders to access new markets in order to optimize uh, their catch. Uh, many of the sectors, especially the SMMEs and small scale, have a lack of access to finances and infrastructure support. And there we have put programs in support uh, in place to assist um, uh, training and access to markets. Um, and in the small-scale sector, they have lim limited business skills, and we've also put a whole lot of training and capacity building um, initiatives in place. Uh, in the uh, four coastal provinces. The next slides, which I won't go into, um, uh, slides 26, uh, slides 27 to 34 detail the um, type of in training interventions that are in place, where they are in place, and which organizations have entered into partnerships with ourselves. So, um, DG, with your permission, I think we can skip now to slide 35, which is no longer fisheries. I think it's the EP program. So, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Just uh, in conclusion, Chairperson, um, the committee asks that we present uh, information on job creation. We are highlighting here the jobs that we've created uh, during that year, mainly the three branches, uh, environmental program, forestry, and fisheries. On fisheries, uh, what I'm highlighting here is that uh, there would have been 161 uh, uh, work opportunities uh, created, um, of which 76% uh, of those were from an impoverished uh, West Coast uh, fishing town and also 55% uh, were, were females, and youth, uh, 34%. Uh, the next slide, which is my last slide, Chair, is then breaking down the work opportunities of both forestry and EP, uh, mainly informed by the EPWP program that we have uh, implemented uh, for that financial year. In the various provinces, we have allocated and indicated uh, out of the total how many are women, youth, people with disability, and how many SMMEs uh, we have supported in relation to that. This therefore brings us to the end uh, of our presentation. Thank you, Chairperson and Honorable Members. Thank you.
Thank, 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 thank you, DG and, uh, and 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 the team. Thank you, Minister. Uh, what we'll do now, I'll I'll get from the honourable members indications of the members who'd like to um, comment and raise questions. You know how we do it, honourable members. Can I have indications of who want to say something? My hand is up, Lenzana. Honourable Matafa, honourable Lenzana. Peters. Clangwini. Honorable 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 Sheikh Imam, Honorable Sarupen, Honorable Peters. Okay. Right? So let's let's see. We I write the right Okay. Okay, let's 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 start uh Thank you very much, Chair. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, Minister and the team. Uh, Chair, I have load shading where I am. So I'll try to keep the video on. If I start again, I will switch it off uh, through your permission. Chair, let me first start by thanking the presentation and the inputs by the minister. And I would want to believe that the committee will also agree and support the spirit at which the minister is viewing the issue of understanding. So that is the attitude that we are actually calling for from the political heads to ensure that they are hands-on and they ensure that they put their foot down as far as underspending is concerned, because that is an injustice to those that are supposed to be receiving service based on the spending by departments. Chair, let me start with the issue of uh, transformation. Mayor Chabalala speaks, and rightfully so, around court challenges that are being mounted with regards to issues of pre-qualifications. Now, my, my, my question, especially as it relates to people with disabilities and the youth, she mentions that there is a caution that was received that these issues might be irregular if you put specific set-asides. Now, I, I want to ask or even encourage the department to receive or to seek a formal legal opinion. Because from where I'm sitting, my understanding is that the court only pronounced on issues of BE pre-qualification when you're dealing with uh, evaluation of proposals and tender submitted. And, and the little knowledge that I have is that the court case was brought by an organization that we know is hell-bent on protecting the interests of the minority. And their only lens is the racial one, but doesn't look at the... I'm lagging a way to describe certain groupings in humanity uh, in terms of youth, in terms of uh, people with disabilities, women, and so forth. So what I'm saying maybe a legal opinion is required is to be able to see that this issue of setting aside for people with disabilities, it is not a racially based decision. 
but rather to address certain sectors of society, will it be illegal to have set aside in the procurement policy? Because with the little knowledge that I have, I don't think that it will be. Because the same organization in its constituency, the one that went to court, will have disabled people of the race that they prefer. And and then where we are sitting, Chair, we understand that their objective is squarely and mainly to protect the interest of those that have benefited through discriminatory laws of the apartheid era. So, so my suggestion and my, my, my plea is that maybe a legal opinion should be sought around this matter. Because if we're going to always be scared to transform society, especially the economy, we're not going to go anywhere. And as chair, as politicians, we are the ones that have to account to our constituencies in terms of how far have we gone to address their plight. And the plight of the people with disabilities is, is a justified one. On that issue, Chair, which would have been my, my, my last issue uh, in terms of how I put my notes, I, I'm interested to find out what is the ministry and the department doing to ensure that there is transformation in the fishery sector as well as in the forestry sector. On the fisheries sector, Chair, one of the hindrances for the same categories of people that I've mentioned entering the space is exorbitant costs that are associated with licensing. So my question there is to find out in the fisheries sector, the licensing fee is the separation between small-scale fisheries and commercial fisheries. And if they are the same, how then do we assist the small-scale farmers and these particular categories of people that I have identified particularly those that reside in the coastal areas? How do we assist them to ensure that indeed they do penetrate the economy of the, of the ocean? And then maybe coupled to that will just be an indication from the department, what is the status of the ocean's economy master plan? I'm sitting with the belief and hope that these questions that I have raised would be somehow contained in the master plan. Where is it? How far is it? And, and, and what is the prospect of it coming to full fruition? Chair, the, the, the input that there is a improvement plan, which is formalized and monitored, is very much welcome. And, and, and we think that it will address many issues because every time we speak about lack of accountability, lack of oversight, which leads to underspending, underperformance, and so forth. So this is a step in the right direction. What I just missed is if whether there are sanctions linked to failure by those that are charged with responsibilities from this improvement plan that will be meted to those particular individuals. Because for me, Chair, it's well and good to have a plan which we're going to monitor, which we're going to formalize, but if those that are supposed to push the plan forward are not doing it, are not held to account, then the plan will just be worth the paper that is written on and nothing else. So I'm just interested to find out if whether will there be sanctions that have been identified that are linked to this particular um, improvement plan in the department as it relates to underspending KPI fulfillment and SM, SCM processes. Chair, my last one, uh, speaking on SCM, 
Mechavalala indicates that there will be an additional human capital resources that will come through, particularly in the space of the supply chain management for 12 months, if I heard correctly. So it's a temporary measure. Now, my, my question there is that how does this impact on what she would have repeatedly mentioned of the ceiling imposed by the National Treasury on compensation of employees? So the cost that is associated with these temporary skills, which are in part will draw compensation on, uh, on, empl on, on employees. What would be the impact? And, and also, how will it be budgeted for? Meaning, which funds will be used to fund this particular intervention? And by all means, we welcome it and we believe that it's a good intervention. But once again, Chair, uh, thank you very much for the commitment that the minister is showing and the DG as well to ensure that the issues identified are going to be responded to. And the responses to the letter that you have put are very succinct and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. Honorable Matafa, thank you very much. Honorable Lenzana, please come in. No, thanks, Chairperson. Uh, let me also uh, welcome the, the presentation uh, by both the Minister and DG. Uh, Chairperson, can you allow me to, to switch yeah. off my video, at least now you have seen that I am not a robot. Yeah, thank you. No, no, we can, we, can we, I switch we, it off, Chair? Yes, thank please, you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Chairperson, uh, also welcoming the presentation, but let me start by apologizing for my background. I am in a little bit awkward uh, area. I'm in your I'm in your province, KZN. You know how busy KZN is, so there would always be a little background disturbance, but I've tried to manage to solicit a space where there isn't that noise. Uh, Minister, uh, you, you, you know, mere 68% of your annual targets of the department have been fully achieved. Now, I don't want to appear sarcastic, Chairperson, uh, but if a minister would be creating herself and telling South Africans on her performance, would we be saying the minister together with the DG and her ministry, South Africans should be creating her performance at the level of 68%? Now, while 68% performance, the minister is enjoying that, and uh, we have to say thank you. Isn't this poor performance minister? That, 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 that's my question. Uh, yes, of course, let me echo what Honorable Matafa is saying, that yes, one would appreciate that there is this formal improvement plan that are in place. One would then be interested on monitoring. Who's monitoring such? Uh, the accounting officer here, Chairperson, you know, unashamedly and, you know, proudly saying the center is not holding uh, provinces and programs are doing as they wish. Hence, then, there is this understanding. One would want to get an explanation as to what 
actions have been taken against the DTGs affected uh, in terms of the non-performance as required by the plans. There are three programs here where you realize consistent material underspending or what one would call perennial underspending. Now, my question would be to the minister, you, you have program six, environmental programs, program seven, chemical and waste uh, program, and uh, you have program eight, forestry and management. Now, when last were these programs uh, on spot in terms of spending? Uh, for me, Chairperson, this is the first time I'm interacting uh, with the department and the platform as a member. Uh, of uh, the Standing Committee on Appropriations. Perhaps something better or good was once done. When was that? I just want to, to have an interest. Because looking at uh, now, the issues raised by uh, the audit uh, findings uh, is that in the 2020 2021 financial year, uh, you, there was, uh, you know, material underspending. If now you look at the preliminary understanding report, 2021-2022, it's projecting 1.6 billion, uh, you know, understanding, as against the 1.64 billion for 2020-2021. Now, one would like to know what what are the interventions done, particularly in these particular programs. I'm happy, Chair, because when introductions were done, I would understand that uh, program managers or DDGs responsible for each of these programs are here and perhaps would be able to fill us in as to what is it that is actually in place. My last uh, uh, concern or comment, Chair, would be that when you are looking at... Uh, Forestry, you know, South Africa's forest industry is a multi-billion rent industry, and you would know that it is responsible for 9.8 of uh, the country's agricultural GDP and 4.9 of South Africa's manufacturing GDP. Now, with an estimated export value of over 8.4 billion. Now, it clearly tells you that here you are talking of a contributor to South Africa's economy. Now, what interventions is the department doing to transform uh, this, this industry? Uh, I, I, I had, I had, uh, I don't want to say it was rhetoric that was presented here. Can we get facts and figures together with time frames? When we're talking jobs, can we get facts and figures and time frames. Uh, so, 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 Chair, it's just that. And then my last one, as I learned, would be I had the department crying foul of the delay in terms of transfer of funds, I would believe, uh, from a National Treasury to the department. And hence then, there was a disturbance uh, of uh, the, the, the cash flow 
which then affected uh, their supply chain uh, management systems. But then, why was there no adjustment? Why, why would you... Because, because here we are talking of underspending. So what it means then is that you cannot begin to budget for what you, for what you don't have. The department would have uh, immediately, re- after receipt of such funds, began then to prepare. But it doesn't look like. And one would now uh, be eager, Chairperson, to know that money which was pumped into the department as some kind of intervention, did it work as an intervention fund in reality? Or though it was coined as intervention fund, but immediately it flew into the coffers of the department, it then began to flow the normal, ordinary way, regardless of the agency that the money was put in for. Thanks, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable um, Lenzana. Let me take my morning and I'll pick Bambi, which is in Gag. Yes, 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 yes. Deben is cold. Deben is cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's your real global one or a warming if people complain in Deben about being cold. Uh, Honorable Sarupen, please come in. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. And Chair, let me also welcome the presentation. Um, I think, Chair, with regards to the various programs, it's clear that this department has quite a large scope and a large mandate and that there is a lot going on. Um, But with regards to some of the specifics, and I think the biggest underspender here was forestry management. I note that the uh, forestry's program was moved from two previous departments into this department I'd just like to get an understanding of what, when this was moved from the 1st of April 2020, prior to that move, what contingency planning was put into place to, to begin to understand how this program operated um, and so on, so the department was able to get moving immediately on how they were going to, to manage this, um, and more importantly, what changes they're going to make. And then, Chair, more generally, with regards to the uh, department, its budgets, and so on. There are things that this department does, like air quality management and so on, that is actually being duplicated by provincial governments and local governments. Lots of local governments, at least metros I know, have air quality management systems and um, and monitoring stations and so on in place, for example. I would like to get an understanding of whether or not the department actually works with other tiers of government and spheres of government that are doing the same work to minimize costs and duplication because from where I sit looking at a lot of these programs and knowing what's being done in provinces and in local governments um, I am concerned that government is spending a lot of money duplicating these programs. Thanks very much Chair. Thank you. Honorable Sarupen. Honorable Tlangini please come in. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Chair, I am a bit down with flu, so if I cough throughout the, my questions, uh, please just bear with me. I am suffering a terrible flu. No, um, no, no, no problem. Okay, thanks, Chair. Um, I fully agree with the Honorable Mlenzan um, in terms of the department's performance. Um, and I, I still haven't got, even throughout the presentation, 
our view that we won't sit again next year with the same underspending or um in the department or the same um not achieving their targets um in this department. So it's quite concerning um that the department is 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 at 68% of the 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 targets and then they are telling us about partial um achievement when we come to appropriations committees either you achieve or you have not achieved we don't want things like partial uh because we are committed that focus on and following um where the money of government is going um now my question um um one of our, our members already asked what is the current status of the ocean um economy master plan i just want emphasis on that again and then why is there less than 5% of the deep sea troll lake allocated to eastern cape yet then more than 95% is in the hands of western cape companies shouldn't there be a plan to increase the 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 um, the allocation to the eastern cape fishing companies as well and number 2 why um is inj uh, having 32% of the tech the the total uh, total um allowable catch of the deep sea trolling and sea harvest is having 37% of the same um tech um why is 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 it um in that amounts and these big companies are, are are just having larger uh, uh, percentages share than your companies um your small scale uh, fishing companies and then when does the department intend to announce the appeals for the 2021 fishing rights considering the fact that the lobster season is going to start within months from now <coughs> if they can tell us there and then on the last one um on the 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 epwp i think many a member of our members have asked this and it's still shocking that the department is outsourcing um this component of 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 epw shouldn't the department um doing it directly from themselves and stop um outsourcing um this component and the one on disability there was a slide that the department shows on disability chair that um i think the dg said it's uh, it's 0% but there was 3 million and i think she has noted in many of the others in terms of women they have spent so much in terms of um youth they have spent so much and when it came to the disabilities she said 3 million but yet the percentage is zero so where did the 3 million go um uh um off to and and in terms of what steps have the department taken in in speedily addressing the small scale fishing rights um um i think uh, mr suev said they will only be um be available in may but there are small scale communities that are suffering and this is the the income and if we only going to address that what in may from now what are we saying from now up till may this small scale um communities that 
are using this as an as a livelihood are living on. Um, shouldn't we address it on a most, much more faster pace in order for them to also take part within the fishing season um, uh, to in, uh, to improve their their livelihoods? Thank you very much, Jane. Honorable Kangwini, thank you very much. You did very well. Uh, if you hadn't told, told us that you are not feeling well, we would not have picked it up. Honorable Peters, please come in. Yes, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, I, I think I'm also in a very uh, uh, bad uh, situation with regard to load shedding. And if you can allow me, to switch off uh, my video, like Honorable Mulenzana, I am sure you have seen I'm not a robot. Uh, is it a great chair? Please continue, Honorable Peters. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And I want to take this opportunity to thank the Minister and Deputy Minister, as well as the DG and uh, the DDG who made a, 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 a presentation. Chairperson, I think I'm the happiest woman to actually acknowledge that this department is women-led. You know, if you look at the minister, the deputy minister, and the DG and DDGs that are there, I think I can say Malibongwe Kamalamakoskas. Let me start. Malibongwe, I left it for you. I left it for you. <laughs> Malibongwe. Thank you. I, I, I think maybe my question would uh, really start with the, the matters related to exactly what I've just said about being women-led. I, I didn't hear from the department, maybe when they make presentations to the portfolio committee, they do raise those particular sh- uh, issues about their programs related to women in forestry or women in environment and forestry, and equally the youth in, 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 in uh, forestry and environment, because it would be important for us to know whether there are so, such programs over and above those that you have for the, the 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 suppliers to be able to be compliant to the requirements for a service uh, required or uh, tender programs in the department. But I also want to know, taking from what Honorable Tanguini raised about companies like ANJ, uh, INJ and Bossi Harvest, do they have or is the department demanding of them to have a, a, a enterprise development a, a program where they would consciously be responsible for taking a, 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 the previously disadvantaged community from beginning right up to probably a certain percentage of commercialization of the uh, a, a sea or marine operations. The other thing is uh, related to those very big uh, commercial enterprises. There were allegations in the past about them being found at, at fault for overfishing. Is that situation still a, a, a prevalent? And uh, what is the department with law enforcement agencies doing to be able to address that particular situation? And also, Chairperson, I would want to know from the department, there are communities, and I will make an example like the communities 
of the Northern Cape, your Mahareng, your 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 and uh, the Sianuma municipal areas in the Northern Cape, where you find communities that are living near to the rivers. Uh, do they need fishing rights? Because I would believe some of those uh, people from those communities are fishing for the stomach, and and some of them are fishing to be able to make a quick buck to 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 keep the home fires burning. So it would be important for for us to know where what the department is doing to support those uh, uh, communities. Because I heard the the I think it was the DG or DDG speaking about. Um, a, a leisure a fishing. I won't say that that is leisure fishing because it's not people just who go over a weekend to go and teach children or to go and play in the water and then catch some few fish. Those ones are people who literally because of proximity to the river would really want to eat from the river. There was one a colleague in my previous life from the DRC who was saying that he was surprised that with so many waterways in South Africa, a, a fish is not like a staple food in South Africa. So I think I, 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 I also want to know why we, we, we don't encourage uh, these, these communities. At, on slide 16, I mean, uh, there's that percentage of expenditure on women. I feel that uh, this is grossly inadequate because Honorable Sanguini spoke about the issue of the people with disabilities, but considering that this department is women-led, we can have about a 16, uh, 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 I mean, the percentage being so low for the expenditure on, on women. The other thing on slide 14, Chaperson, I'm going back with the slides. The, 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 the DG is in, reflected on internal controls as never having existed in the department. Is it the 2020 Department of Forestry and Environment or is the, the, the process that was uh, taken from the, the Department of DAF in establishing this new Department of uh, uh, DFFE was the finance and admin functions not uh, 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 devolved also to this new department? Or in the old Department of Environmental Affairs, was there no internal controls that could continue with the function? Because I can't take it that I uh, were informed in 2022 that there was no internal controls or they never existed in a department like a, a, a DFFE when initially it used to exist as DIA and uh, functions, some of the functions were, were, were delegated for a lack of a better word from DAF. The other thing that I want to find out, Chairperson, is the 30 days non-payment of service providers a contributing factor to the underspending. And I also want to know, because some departments use the funds from the underspending as a, a, a resources available for MTS, is that situation also uh, prevailing in the Department of uh, Forestry and Fisheries? The, the other thing, Chairperson, um, I want to just indicate to the minister that the community uh, of Port St. John's, 
as well as the part of a a a the a, a pondolent raised concerns about some of the fishing for a lack of a better word i would say pirates being seen literally fishing illegally in the uh, uh, south african waters what is the department uh, and uh, de- uh, department of transport as well as uh, through samsa and the department of uh, forestry and fisheries doing with law enforcement officers to safeguard the south african marine life because if the the community sees that and especially the the the, the queen mother in that area indicating that at night literacy those uh, trawlers for a uh, 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 working out in the deep seas and you would be surprised that the 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 the, the inspectors are saying there is a uh, wild horses in the sea at night so i don't know what is the problem the other thing uh, is with regard to the epwp the department indicates that they bid for an additional 318 million in 2021 to implement the epwp program is the working for water program part of this i'm raising this chairperson because you remember if my mind serves me well when we had the department of water affairs i asked the question about uh, working for water and the response was that the working for water program is under an environmental affairs so i want to know whether the uh, uh, the the 315 i mean 18 that was requested was actually uh, received from national treasury uh, and what was the projected time frame for implementation of these projects as per the business plan and i i would believe chairperson that the epwp is an essential pathway for unemployed youth to access the training system or employment support programs and consistent underspending in this particular program undermines government's efforts to address the pandemic of youth unemployment and uh, i i i also want to know uh, a chairperson whether the i i think i've asked the question related to the 30 days and 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 the issues related to uh, climate change chairperson i i i want to know what is the department doing in uh, making it possible that uh, rather than asking the department and other role players participating in the cop processes the communities are educated adequately because i believe that this is one of the key areas that young people could be trained to be able to go out and educate the community about uh, uh, the the issues related to how we as human beings contribute towards this uh, 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 environmental degradation that leads to the challenges of 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 uh, 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 impacts of climate change but also it is important that we know that some of the resources that we have are not infinite and how do we as communities contribute to protecting our environment and i would believe that this department working together with the department of uh, basic education in particular and some of the community uh, 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 organizations could allow for each and every community 
where uh, municipalities work together with your department minister to educate the public, but also the issues related to yeah, the, uh, 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 yeah, now let me leave it for now. That one I'll raise at another platform. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Peters. <laughs> Honorable Sheikh, please come in. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Yeah, thank you very much for that presentation. All right. My first question is irregular contracts. That's what you've identified and picked up a whole lot of them. What has happened to them? What were the consequences for those that were responsible for these irregular contracts? Could you give us an explanation as far as that is concerned? You also talk repeatedly, of course, we've been hearing this uh, standing committee and appropriations, like my colleagues have alluded to. Year in and year out, we hear the same things. However, many of these people are still in their position, many of whom even receive big bonuses. Okay, but very little or nothing has improved over a period of time. Could you advise what the position is in terms of ensuring that you have the capacity? And I must say that I some often sympathize with ministers and deputy ministers because they are moved around from one portfolio to another one and they inherit departments that are quite often uh, 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 in the intensive care unit. Uh, so it's not an easy decision. A, 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 a task uh, generally to be able to deal with these challenges. Now, I'd like you to all tell me, and we find this often, uh, Chair will agree with me, many departments have a problem, particularly in spending in the first quarter. Will you say this is poor planning or there's no planning well in advance in anticipation that for the new financial year, of course, we are going to get monies in the first term and needs to be spent timelessly? But more often than that is the fact that we then find that uh, there's fiscal dumping in the last quarters because you want to actually uh, 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 meet your obligations in terms of spending. However, it is uh, also here you find that the uh, department in many sectors or branches, as you call, you've got underspending. And you do appreciate that when there's underspending, Whilst I prefer there to be underspending than fiscal dumping, but underspending simply means that somebody has to suffer the consequences and ultimately it's the people on the ground because you're not able to deliver. Like one of my colleagues have also alluded to the issue of 30 days. You don't pay on 30 days. It's a death penalty for some of these small businesses. But could you also tell us on this 30-day payment, are you experiencing what I know the Public Service Commission at one stage uh, highlighted? And that was the levels of corruption in departments where they pay service providers uh, uh, so that they get a kickback. When they don't get kickbacks, then they delay payments to these small service providers. Now, I know there's a lot of emphasis on small businesses, BEE and things like that. I want you to tell us, and honestly, the success rate. Do some of these people have the capacity? Are we giving them the contract because we want to comply in terms of BEE and, and gender and other aspects? But are we getting, you know, success? Are they delivering on time? Do they have the capacity to be able to do that? I know you've been talking about that. You even have workshops for these people. Yeah. Now, every department, it seems like, chairperson here comes, have got vacancies despite having a 36% unemployment rate and youth among 70 to 80% in the country. 
Now, what is really the problem when every department that comes has vacancies after vacancies? Are we saying that despite the number of unemployed people in this country, despite the amount of money we're spending on education in this country, we do not have the necessary capacity? And if that is the case, I use minister, deputy minister, are you speaking with your colleagues in the different, uh, in the relevant authorities? to be able to address this, that you're not able to acquire the, the skills and the capacity based on the availability of the uh, unemployed in this country who have, by the way, have got the necessary qualifications, but you can't convert that to, 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 to you know, uh, success. Or, uh, I, and we found this often that sometimes experience is not good enough and the qualifications mean nothing. You need a mix of both together with ethics and values. And Now, I want to come to the issue of forestry and transformation. And I think my colleagues have spoken. Leary, Minister, there is very little or no transformation. When you talk about the fishing industry and very importantly on the forestry, I hope that someday you will go with me to the Sitsikama area where these entire communities, right from Plettenberg Bay, right up to Humansdorf and Moon, all rely totally on forestry. And this particular sector is controlled by the big guns, suppressing them, not even creating, allowing an opportunity for them to get into the sector. And the same thing with the fishing industries. You know, we, the small scale fishers, I give you a good example. You know, snook is, 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 is by virtue one of the most important things that people in the Western Cape survive on by buying and selling snook. And these small scale fishers are having a problem. And one of the things that I picked up in my discussions with them is, that the large-scale big fishing companies, and yes, you are giving quotas to these people from outside of the country, but really charity begins at home. But what is happening is these big-scale, I'm told, chairperson, they use this massive trawlers and things of this, and they deep into the sea, and that, and the process that they are, or the mechanism that they use, prevents these snook and things to come closer to the shore so the small-scale fishermen can get access to it. They're actually taking it away deeper in so that they could get it. And that is why you quite often find the small-scale fishermen don't have snook available that you normally find that they're selling on the street and as a, as, as a form of, of, of small business or income for them. I'd like us you to tell us what can you do about transformation, particularly. And, 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 and you know, we, we always brag about small uh, uh, business and, 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 and SMMEs and how we can create jobs. But I promise you, Minister, to you, Chair, there is so much of red tape and these people do not find a conducive environment or some platform created by mm-hmm. departments like yourself so that these people can come and communicate with you at that level. There's so much of red tape, they can't even get to you, Minister. That's some of the problems that they highlight to us that they, they are experiencing. Uh, 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 all the time. I will stop there for now, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, uh, Honorable Sheikh. Uh, thank you, Honorable Members, for raising the issues that you have raised. Um, let me also join uh, you, Honorable Members, in welcoming the the presentation uh, by uh, the minister uh, and uh, the DG and the DDG, <coughs> and uh, also wel- welcome the 
the commitment from the department to deal with the issues, uh, which uh, lead to underperformance and, uh, and, under, and, and underspending. I think I'll, I'll say more about that uh, a little bit later. But to, to start with uh, my questions, first let, let, let me say, uh, DG, uh, listening to the many issues around what must happen at SCM and so on and so forth to try and make sure that we, I think for when for where I'm seated, those are basic management things, um, which uh, our assumption from where we are is that we employ the best of the of the best. Uh, we don't need to even ask to insource people because people are appointed to them. Uh, the people of South Africa pay them salaries to do that. We don't pay them uh, so that they can go out and uh, get other people. I think we can channel that money if we want to uh, give it to other people. So uh, we can directly channel that money to them. The fact that we we, we employ uh, people, the assumption is that when the people of South Africa pay those people, it's because they've got the requisite skills. Those skills that they must upgrade is more about upgrading the skills that they already have. Otherwise, it would, it would mean that in the first place, with, uh, the people that were employed were wrong people. So most of the things that must happen, uh, uh, we, we, we say there are more of uh, endogenous factors. They are controllable. They are within our control and so on. And these are the things that we expect to be there in the, in, in, in the, in the department. And, and just if, if you could underline that, um, and uh, <clears throat> we, as, 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 as this committee, as you said, that in our interaction with the minister and the deputy minister, and uh, we started looking at when you deal with your KPIs, um, <clears throat> started looking at the strategic issues. Uh, that's, 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 that's what we, 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 we expect. The day-to-day running of, of, of an organization, of uh, the department, for us, those are, those are, are given. We, we don't even need to talk about them. But uh, since you have identified them as a, as a, as a problem, uh, please deal with them. There's a saying which says, um, um, <clears throat> uh, impactful managers are the ones who, who kill the snake when they see it. They don't go out and look for consultants to say, how do I kill the snake? Um, <clears throat> and some of the things would be comments, and I would like to hear comments. We're saying the 54% achievement in fishery, fishery is, a, is a big worry to us for a number of, 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 of reasons, but um, mainly it also talk to, it talks to, fish, uh, to food security. Uh, we know that uh, with uh, what we are going through, food security is it's it's a, it's it's an issue. So I would I would like to hear uh, your educated guess that uh, where do you think will end uh, this year? I haven't even spoken about the implications of this in in the economy and, and so on and so forth. Just talking about the fish, uh, food. We can't hear you, Chair. So, 
Honorable Chair, can we request you switch off your video? We can't hear you. Comrade Chair. Switch off your video, please. Honorable Kaiso. Honorable Kaiso, are you still in the platform? Honorable Honor Minister. Minister. Hold Honor the phone so long for the chairperson. I propose, Comrade Lenzan, I do hold the phone. Okay, but here he comes. Chairperson? Chairperson, are you back? Chairperson? Chairperson, uh, okay. we can't hear you, Chairperson. Perfect, Chairperson. Yes, Yeah, you are better now. Continue, continue. Okay, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you, sir. No, it's fine. Uh, Honourable Minister, can you hear? Me? Yes, I can hear you, Chair. But uh, so long, so long. Let's give uh, Honourable Minister and the team to respond, and then when the person is back, he will then come in, Honourable Minister, to finalise his comments. If you don't mind, I will um, help you with that. Yes, thank you very much, um, Honourable Lenzana. And um, thank you very much to all the members for the questions. Let me pick up where I started, because many, many members have asked the question, what do I feel about the underperformance of these branches? I'm very far from happy. I can show you. So, um, I have made it clear inside the department. I've made it clear at the Portfolio Committee on the Environment, Forestry and Fisheries, and I'll make it clear here again. There's no protection in our department for those who underperform. And the reason we had the meeting that we had on the 5th of May was in order to instruct the head of department to implement the formal performance management process. Honorable members have asked the question, what is the consequence? So what we did was we got advice from the relevant HR section. What do you do when people underperform? And the advice is there's a performance management process, which is a formal process. And essentially, um, I'm sure, DG, you have the slide here that shows what that performance, what that process is. We are in that process. And ultimately, if there is no improvement, 
it then it, it, it first of all leads to the performance improvement plan. Then it leads to, it can lead to coaching, but ultimately it leads to a disciplinary process. That is the process laid down by law that departments and ministers have to follow when colleagues underperform. So those who have underperformed are formally in that process as I instruct, as myself and the deputy minister instructed the DG to do. Of course, if they feel that they that they themselves have staff who are underperforming, they can put their staff into that process. Uh, that is their right as managers. But there's no air cover from me, so they can make promises in that in this committee. What I'm promising you is we are monitoring their performance, and we will go through the entire consequence management process if necessary. I'm not promising you that they're going to improve. I'm promising you that we will take the necessary steps. They can promise you that they will improve, and I would be happy that we give them that opportunity. Um, I don't think that we have skills problems in our department. Um, I think that our vacancy rate um, is, is not excessive. We have very highly skilled people in our department and we have very experienced people in our department. And if you have to look at all of the DDGs, they have long um, CVs with qualifications and long CVs when it comes to relevant experience. I think the issue is whether we are all clear that our failure to perform impacts on the lives of ordinary South Africans. And that is what members of the committee have been expressing today. Uh, because I'm assuming that if we're clear about that, we will take the necessary action to improve on our performance. Um, there, let me just say something about the transition from uh, the, the forestry branch to, to our department. Um, in 2019, when we took over the branch, the former Director General of the Department, Ms. Nosepo Naba, visited, she went on a, a tour of all the forestry stations in the country. And um, she did that to appraise herself of the situation with regard to performance in those different forestry stations, but also with regard to what needed to be done. And it was then that we began with the forestry master plan. And I think fundamental to the forestry master plan is a recognition that there is an important opportunity for those who have historically been excluded from the forestry industry to participate in that industry through a process that we call community forestry associations. And under the guidance of the Deputy Minister, who is directly responsible for forestry, we have begun to launch those community forestry agreements, utilizing what we call the Category B and C forests. And I think that this is a, a very important exercise, and um, the branch and the DG can say a little bit more about how we're trying to fast track 
those community forestry agreements and the partnerships that exist with the formal industry to enable um, newcomers to the industry to be able to replant forests and to have an offtake agreement um, once those those particular um, once those particular forests uh, mature. I think that um, I, I said in the beginning, um, colleagues, that I really don't want to comment on fishing because I'm considering the appeals. Um, what we are trying to do with the appeals is to is to begin with um, the very small uh, sectors um, where there where there are limited um, appeals and conclude those, and then to proceed with lionfish, which is where you will find a lot of the smaller commercial players. Um, the lobster fishery was not reallocated. It's not, it's not under appeal. Um, there, 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 there are lobster quotas that will be allocated. Um, so that, that fishery is not affected by the frat process. But I don't want to, I really don't want to comment on the other issues that, that colleagues have been raising because these are the subject um, of appeals. And, and one, one has to go through the relevant statutory processes in this regard. Um, Gigi, I'm going to, I'm going to hand over to you. Um, oh, let me just say something. Um, Honorable Sarupen, uh, you, you've raised the issue of um, air quality. Let me explain to you that all environmental law, with the exception of um, fisheries and forestry where you're dealing with a national resource, all other aspects of environmental law have concomitant powers at provincial and local government level. And we have a very strong MINMEC structure that is representative both of the MECs and in uh, and the mayors, and as well as SALGA. And that is where we coordinate all of the work that we would be doing as a department. There are two areas where subnational government underperforms. Air quality is one of them. The responsibility for issuing air quality licenses and ensuring compliance with air quality licenses is a municipal function. And it is not adequately undertaken by the majority of our municipalities for two reasons. The one is that many municipalities have not ensured that their air quality monitoring stations are in good order. And the second reason is that there is inadequate understanding of the compliance requirements with regard to air quality. And this is something that we have a major focus on, including utilizing the South African Weather Bureau monitoring stations so that we are able to, to monitor air quality. So I would, I would want to say to you that when it comes to air quality, sadly, subnational government is not always coming to the party. And unfortunately, far from having a situation where there's a duplication of resources, we often find a situation where we're having to bail out 
subnational government in order to maintain appropriate standards of air quality monitoring. And a similar situation goes with regard to waste management. And I'm, I'm, I really wouldn't um, want to be, I wouldn't want to be going into that um, today. Um, just on the climate change issues, I think the, the point that is being raised about public education around climate change is an incredibly important point. We have worked with uh, all provinces and more, all municipalities to ensure that they have climate change response strategies. Because one of the things you would understand about our country is that because we are a mega biodiverse country, in other words, a country that has deserts, dry, arid areas, uh, subtropical areas, coastal areas, and so on and so on. We are also a country that is going to be impacted on by every consequence of climate change. So we will face sea level rise, we will face flooding, we will face drought, we will face wildfires, and we will face heat waves. All of those things are going to affect our country, but not all of them will affect all areas of our country equally. So it's very important um, that sub-national government is involved in active partnerships with civil society so that civil society understands what the implications of climate change is going to be. And I can share with you that when I visited the city of Eteguini after the floods, one will find partnerships between the municipality and community-based organizations that are where, where communities are living in flood zones, um, where lives were saved during the flooding as a result of the public education that had been done and the early warning systems that the communities themselves had put into place. But I can also share with the Honourable Member that um, we do have uh, uh, in, the, in the life orientation and in the geography and uh, biology syllabuses, there, there are a whole range of issues that relate to our portfolio. And we also have partnerships with schools where we enhance understanding of, of some of these issues. Um, obviously, if budgets were to, to permit, um, I would like to do a lot more because I do believe that public education in this area is terribly important because people do need to have the power to take steps to protect themselves in the face of climate change. Let me pause there. Um, Chair, I don't know. I see your hand is up. Um, do you want me to pause before I hand to the DG and the team to answer all the questions? Your hand is up. Now continue, continue, Honourable Minister. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Uh, Acting Chair, let me hand over to Gigi, um, and Gigi will also allocate amongst the team. Thank you. 
thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chair, and thank you, Minister. Um, I'm going to request that uh, the DDGs uh, concerned respond to the respective areas, especially those areas where, as a department, we have not uh, performed. Um, and, and, and as Minister highlight, uh, us as management, it's not uh, an area where we are really proud about, given that this is affecting people on the ground, if services are not uh, delivered as expected. Um, so I'm going to request that uh, the DDG or forestry uh, um, respond to the forestry-related matters, and I think Minister has highlighted at a high level around uh, our community forest agreements and some of the transformation programs that we have on the ground. And she, she will be followed by the DDG of, um, of uh, environmental programs. There's quite a number of issues that are coming through and also uh, on environmental programs. And the acting DDG Oceans and Coast will just highlight the status of the master plan, which came out very strongly in terms of the committee wanting to know where are we? Because some of the matters being raised are matters that that plan needs to be uh, pursuing and we need to fast track so that there's implementation in as far as that plan is concerned. I'm also then going to request the uh, CFO to talk to some of the aspects, uh, payment within 30 days uh, and also other aspects that uh, honorable members have raised uh, for clarity. Um, and then I will come back. I think Minister has uh, uh, responded to the issues of climate change and the air quality, the air quality matters. Um, yeah, I think uh, CFO will deal with that and also the National Treasury legislation. Uh, and I think we take note, uh, Honorable uh, Matafa, on your comment that you raised and are seeking a legal opinion, given that the set-aside are actually there to assist us to um, uh, empower uh, the previously uh, disadvantaged individuals and ensure that uh, we have a, a redistribution in as far as the economy is, is, is concerned. Uh, let me hand over to DDG Forestry. I will then come at the end, uh, uh, Honorable uh, Acting Chair. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, DG. Good morning to the Honorable Acting Chair, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, and uh, Honorable Members. In terms of uh, forestry, I will try and cluster the questions into two main uh, themes. One would be uh, what is being done with regards to underperformance and underspending. And then the second one will deal with issues uh, related to transformation that has been asked by the different uh, honorable members. Now, in terms of uh, issues related to performance and uh, understanding, uh, as indicated by the DG, um, the branch led by myself is uh, in an improvement plan. And this improvement plan is um, 
gets contribution uh, from their respective chief directors who have been identified that there are challenges there um, so that uh, issues uh, related to them having their own uh, improvement plans uh, are drafted and are monitored uh, uh, throughout. Um, we now are on a very uh, um, continuous basis and frequently as uh, monthly, uh, the chief directors through their own teams then report on what they are doing in terms of making sure that there is that um, improvement. And based on those reports and those interventions, this is then fed into the discussion that I have with the DG as well on a, on a, on a, on a more regular basis. Um, what also we have done is um, working closely with the support uh, branches, uh, mainly the branch of the CFO where we are able to track uh, exp uh, expenditure, but also uh, procurement related uh, matters uh, to see where the bottlenecks, bottlenecks are and to unlock those bottlenecks to make sure that uh, there is spending that does take place uh, within the branch. So the chief directors themselves, as much as I also understand that if there is no improvement, then a formal disciplinary process uh, will follow. There is that understanding as well uh, within the branch. We have also held uh, discussions with all the SMS members, including uh, middle management, which are your deputy directors, to make sure that everyone is on track and understands what uh, underperformance and what uh, underspending would mean and if it continues, what uh, measures would be taken to make sure that everyone um, is able to contribute and improve uh, uh, the, the spending. Then in oh, and then um, one other thing that we've done is to look at our needs per year uh, in terms of procurement and made sure that instead of having these short-term contracts, they become multi-year contracts, for instance, when we're looking at, um, we know that each year we, we will need um, seedlings uh, for us to be able to uh, plant uh, in the plantations uh, or provision of equipment and all of those things. So those are now done as multi-year contracts to make sure that uh, there is um, there are no gaps, but at the same time, there is better management of those contracts um, and, and to make sure that as they lapse, there are measures in place to make sure that there's new contracts being placed or there's renewal uh, depending on, on the circumstances. And then in terms of uh, transformation, um, this has been asked by a couple of members. Uh, in line uh, with the implementation of the <clears throat> of the master plan, the master plan itself uh, looks at um, uh, five main commitments, uh, mainly uh, the investment, uh, mainly by the industry, um, the jobs that would need to be created, uh, looks at uh, inclusivity, which uh, is aligned to the forest sector charter. Um, that already the, the, the forestry sector has in terms of making sure that there is transformation uh, within the sector. Uh, it also looks at issues related to competitiveness, which then um, looks at how do we uh, improve uh, timber yield with the recognition that um, there isn't a lot of uh, fiber available. So the fiber that is available must then be used effectively 
by the different SMEs, SMEs especially uh, in the sommeling uh, sector, where there's that improvement and also in terms of their recovery rates. And then um, it also looks at measures um, that must be put in place to open up investment and job opportunities. So based on those five um, uh, commitments, there are undertakings that we as a department are responsible for. Um, There are undertakings that the industry and other government departments and labor are responsible for. So in terms of us as a department, what we have done is... um, Looking at the way um, that we have been structured, there has been the restructuring of the branch such that there is alignment in terms of what the master plan would require in terms of functions and um, the capacity that we have and the capacity that we will need and the change in terms of of the mandate that we will need to perform as a branch. Um, Linked to that is the fact that uh, as a department, we, we we want to move away from direct management of plantations, which will then contribute towards the implementation of the master plan in the sense that um, there will be uh, uh, the plantations would be brought back into production through um, mechanisms such as a leasing, which is um, catered for in our act and also um, through the community forestry agreements that have already been alluded to. So um, we are fast-tracking that process such that um, what we are planning to do is that within the next six months, we would like to have uh, all the plantations within the Western Cape uh, list out and uh, agreements uh, uh, signed such that we we can get private sector working with us uh, as government and with the communities to make sure that those areas are better managed. Uh, In the same vein, with the community forest agreements, there's areas that have been targeted where we want to have all those community forest agreements finalized within the next six months, where we want to also make sure that there is alignment with the private sector for them to provide their strategic um, support to the communities where there would be investment, And then as a department, we can provide a technical support, post-settlement support, and uh, issues related um, to training. So those are the two uh, main areas that we are looking at in ensuring that there is transformation, but also um, there is uh, making sure that the areas that are managed, especially by us as a department, are better management, are better managed um, to improve um, the, the, the availability of the fiber. Then the second part to the role of the department in terms of the master plan, uh, especially with regards to ensuring that there is fiber availability, is related to providing support to um, the sector, especially uh, communities or SMMEs, on um, getting um environmental impact assessments uh, conducted. We have identified in the past year uh, 30,000 hectares that would go through that process and um, the, 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 the request for proposals to get the environmental impact assessments has been issued out. Uh, so we're going to go through a process of evaluation and then that uh, a process can start uh, to go ahead. Um, I 
I think uh, then uh, in relation to those two main uh, issues, what underpins uh, the principles of both the CFA and the leases and the identification of areas for afforestation is issues uh, related to um, uh, land rights, where we want to identify communities uh, that have uh, land rights uh, in those areas so that they are part uh, of the process to improve or to fast track uh, issues related to transformation, issues related to local beneficiation, uh, uh, which will also uh, have an impact uh, towards um, uh, improvement in terms of uh, transformation. Uh, I think lastly, uh, Honorable Chair, what I can mention is that uh, in terms of um, the greening programs that we have, um, especially um, where we work closely with the municipalities, uh, we have uh, encouraged municipalities to make sure that in their greening programs, they include uh, youth and women in, 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 in making sure that um, their greening plans and um, uh, uh, their implementation of the greening pro- programs uh, are fast tracked. Based on this, we have a a, um, a competition that we call the Upper City Awards, which recognizes these uh, um, municipalities, and we do make sure that when we look at the work that the, the municipalities are doing, we also um, uh, make an effort to, to 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 look at how has the municipality brought in women and youth in those um, in those greening um, uh, programs. And then the municipality that shows that it's doing well in those areas then gets to be recognized uh, through this program. In doing this, we then uh, improve in terms of making sure that there are more trees planted on the ground uh, and then that contributes towards uh, our national target. I think, uh, DJ, from my side, I will end here and I will get advice if I may have uh, left something. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Can we have EP... DDG. Thank you, DG. Um, greetings, Honorable, Acting Honorable Chair, um, Minister, Deputy Minister, and, and the members. From my side, I will start off with um, an acknowledgement in terms of the issues, the concerns that were raised around performance, um, highlighting that, yes, I am working closely with the DG and my team. I'm implementing, we've had to develop and implement an improvement plan as well, which I monitor on a regular basis weekly, just to check how we are faring as a branch in terms of the APP, but also in terms of the expenditure, and I have to feedback um, to the DG um, regularly on that basis. In addition to the matters that the DG had highlighted in her input in terms of um, the other concerns relating to SCM, as a branch, we had to, uh, working with my colleagues, um, had to look inward and um, identify f- constraints that were, or, 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 or aspects that were within our control as a branch that affected our performance. And in that regard, we've had to introduce um, business processes where we did not have business processes because such was um, affecting the efficiency of how we we're doing business as a branch. But also another matter that may not necessarily, it may sound trivial, trivial but it's a, it's, an, it's a critical matter because it then affected um, the extent to which we were able to report on the 
Department of Public Works and Infrastructure um, System on um, the tracks um, expanded public works programs in terms of their ability to create um, work opportunities and also full-time equivalents. So in that regard, we've had to, as a branch, um, strengthen our, our capacity and re-engineer how we approach data management so that we will then be able to reduce the extent to which we're having um, um, challenges in terms of our data being rejected, which unfortunately and ultimately um, affected our um, um, fi- final report in terms of um, work opportunities created and also FTEs. I would also like to highlight that um, being one of the being the key branch or one of the branches, the main branches affected by the transition um, that moved the department from a prepayment to a system where we pay for goods and services delivered. Within the branch itself, we've had to. Um, invest in terms of building and strengthening contract and project management training um, for those colleagues who are responsible for the function. And also just to be able to make sure that as a branch, we are able to make to contribute to the department achieving its APP uh, targets. We've had to, re- we had to um, review and also um, uh, revise our scope of engagement with the entities of the department in how we work with them with in relation to the APP. And as such, that has helped us um, in terms of improving performance. Um, I would then like to just highlight that over and above is what I indicated as, 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 as the regular uh, monitoring of performance and the regular engagement with the DG. I would like to then go into the questions that were raised by Honorable Mlenzana and also Honorable Ntlangwin and um, um, Honorable uh, Peters. That I've highlighted or I've alluded to other uh, measures that we are taking at a management level in terms of improving um, uh, performance within the branch, which we've committed to. And um, in relation to the question that was raised on the employment stimulus, the branch was one of the recipients of the employment stimulus in the first tranche, I think it was 2020, 2021. And um, in 2021, 2022, the stimulus benefit was, um, uh, the stimulus allocation was allocated to our entities, which the DG alluded to. So in terms of the first tranche, the expenditure um, in that regard, we were able to spend, but not fully spend what was allocated because we had received it. I think it was in the third quarter of that financial year. And because of processes that we had to go through in terms of amending existing contracts and putting things in place so that we, we as a department will be able to account um, for uh, the additional funding allocated, we we're not able to um, 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 conclude to those processes in all in, in instances that would have then allowed us to spend what was allocated. Um, but also, I would also like to just highlight um, that the Working for Water program is part of the Natural Resources Management Portfolio, which is part of the Environmental Programs Branch. And um, it is an area where, um, in terms of the extent of, of performance, as I indicated earlier, it was affected by mainly by the transition from the pre-advanced to the payment of goods and services, which transition was then associated with a number of processes that we, we as the department had to put in place to make sure that we were able to um, deliver as, 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 as committed in terms of the APP. And on the issue that was raised by Honorable Ntlangwin in terms of outsourcing, I would like to highlight that, yes, we've had to review 
the extent to which we'll be able to manage projects internally within the department and as such introduced the, 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 the an in-house uh, model, project management model for, for some of our areas. We are, however, limited in terms of the extent to which we can apply that model across the branch. For example, in certain biodiversity infrastructure projects and the working on fire program as an example and other wetland rehabilitation projects, we are very limited and as such have to continue relying on service providers. The role of our officials in that regard then becomes um, the role, the capacity that we have to strengthen in terms of strengthening contract management and project management to ensure that one, we are able to identify issues of underperformance on time, correct them on time before the end of each quarter so that we do not face um, the the challenges that we faced previously in terms of underperformance. Within the program itself, I think there was another matter that was raised um, in terms of the involvement of youth. Yes, we do have targets in terms of the EPWP aspect as far as employment of youth is concerned within the the, the, the branch as, as far as EPWP is concerned. But we do have other programs where it's still employment, but there's a benefit in terms of the youth playing a role in terms of creating awareness around environmental management issues. And those include um, youth that we've um, um, located at municipalities in terms of the YCOP, the Youth Environmental Services Programs, and other um, 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 aspects such as the Good Green Deeds, where is wherein there's a part of the scope of work and the scope of responsibilities is creating awareness around environmental management um, issues. And on the issues where... Okay, the second allocation I've responded to in terms of the 318. And um, DJ, I think that's what I noted in terms of the note that I made. If I've missed out on anything, I'll be guided by yourself. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, can we swiftly have uh, DG, acting DDG Oceans and Coast just on the master plan briefly? Uh, sorry. Um... Um, DG and honorable members, can I just advise you that I'm about to get um, load shedding. So if I get disconnected while I'm changing uh, systems, um, please just understand. Thanks. Okay, that's fine. That's fine, uh, honorable minister. Thank you, uh, Honourable uh, Chair and um, Honourable Minister, uh, Honourable Deputy Minister and the DG and uh, um, Honourable Members. Um, With your permission, Honourable Chair, given my limited uh, bandwidth here, I I would uh, be very grateful to you if you will allow me to switch off my my camera because I will be risking uh, getting cut off. That's fine. At least we have seen that you are not a robot. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, mine is just to give a, a, a brief uh, um, statement as to where or how far we've gone with the Ocean's Economy Master Plan. Uh, uh, currently, we do have uh, uh, a draft version 4.1, which on its own is a very robust document. Uh, but we are working, currently working on finalizing the implementation plans and uh, in the same vein whilst updating a version 4.1. Uh, 
you will recall, honorable members, that there are five areas in, in our oceans economy master plan, which is uh, uh, marine manufacturing and repairs. There is also marine transport, which includes uh, freight logistics and cargo. There is also aquaculture, which is inclusive of both freshwater and, uh, and, and, and marine. There is also fisheries, uh, particularly small scale and then the commercial. And lastly, it will be the offshore oil and gas. And the implementation plans for those are almost done. And what we are looking for or the date of completion that we are looking at is the end of November this year. But having said that, I would like to raise the fact that there are still some minor issues that we are dealing, working very diligently with the colleagues from fisheries management, where we are trying to finalize the whole issue of small scale co-ops, particularly in the Western Cape and um, in the in the eastern and north and eastern and uh, eastern cape and kwazulu uh, natal there have been rolling out there, there have been uh, consultations which were inclusive of marine special planning and marine protected areas together with small scale fisheries because in those areas when it comes into small scale uh, fisheries there are co-ops that are in existence so so we are working towards that end of november um and uh, and and then what we are having as a target date to take the product through uh, the uh, cabinet processes is the first set of cluster meetings in February of 2023. Um, I will stop there for now. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Lefigizolo. Um, le- let me ask uh, DDG Fisheries uh, to respond. There were a number of issues for fisheries. Thank you very much again, um, honourable members. Uh, yes, there were quite a few issues for for I cannot. Yes, I think if she can, if she can switch off uh, the video, perhaps. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to ask her to do that. Maybe uh, let me ask the CFO to respond while I'm. Uh, we getting her to sort out her connectivity. Thank you, Chair. That will be fine. Thank you, DJ. Uh, good morning to the Honourable Chairperson, um, the Honourable Minister and the DM, and the Honourable Members of the Committee. Chairperson, um, can I request that I also switch off my camera just to manage the strength of the, of the, um, of the audio? Yes, 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 you may. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Um, on my side, I will just start where the DGEP left off regarding the additional allocation that we received for 318 million. I think um, there was a question which was requested to clarify when exactly the department received that money. We received it at the end of January, 2022. 
Uh, this is because the final adjusted appropriation was promulgated on the 18th of January 2022. So when we received it at the end of January, it was uh, not feasible enough to spend the money before the end of the financial year, which ended 31st of March. So that was the first question that was requested. Then the second part, there was a question regarding the transformation agenda that we need to, to, to drive um, as the department. What we did in our standard terms of reference, we had included a clause that says that certain tenders, when we are even advertising them, they are only the easy pre-qualification criteria where we're saying only QSEs or EMEs um, can bid, which are 51% black owned by black women. Um, when we, that, that was the standard terms of reference that we developed. So, um, when the tenders closed and as we're at the evaluation stages, we received, um, a complaint and a challenge that we are not constitutional in the manner in which we are driving our transformation agenda. We went out to look for a legal opinion as the department and we were also advised that uh, that is not in line with the act because even our internal policy has to be informed by the law and therefore should we have proceeded with those bids, they would have been non-compliant and any expenditure that will accrue out of those contracts will be irregular expenditure. So that is what the 2017 triple PFA is now limiting us in driving the transformation and putting those pre-qualification. Due to the size of the department, we were advised that, yes, there is a compensation of employees ceiling and therefore we could not expand on the on the structure for the cf for the scm um scm branch so what we did we went out and looked for a service a service that will assist us with quality assurance of our bids and our documents and our standard compliance issues. So the additional capacity and additional support that we sought is not coming from the compensation of employees because it's a service in nature and therefore it's part of goods and services. It's not part of the compensation of employees budget. Then on the issues around the payment within 30 days, uh, as at the end of the financial year 2021-22, of our invoices were paid within 30 days. And if we look at the size of the accruals of the department, um, most of all, all the accruals that were reported at year end were within 30 days. So it's not like we keep invoices um, and pay them later or we are trying to find issues. The accruals that were, we reported were within 30 days and 99% of those invoices were being paid. Then regarding the directorate for internal control, in the department, we never had that directorate as a standalone. The functions were embedded in each and every branch. However, with the size 
um, that grew in the department on the on the core functions. We went back to National Treasury and DPSA and requested that we utilize the generic structure that was created by National Treasury in collaboration with DPSA, whereby there is a separate but there is a separate um, directorate that will look at the internal control deficiencies of the department and try to improve on that area. So the reason even National Treasury considered that part is because it's coming from the generic structure that was created. So that is the new structure now that we have in the department to assist us with all the deficiencies that have been identified by by, by the internal audit and also by the AGSA. We have advertised the director internal control. The interviews in that regard were taken even yesterday, looking for a specific um, directory that will drive and assist the department in improving and intensifying the control space. Then um, there was a question regarding the fiscal dumping. If you look at slide number seven, we tried to separate the number or, or the percentage of expenditure that was incurred on a quarterly basis. If you look on that slide, uh, quarter four, we only spend 22%, which, which demonstrate that, yes, at the end of the financial year, it's not like we tried and push um, for, for, for us to accelerate the expenditure by increasing our transfers and maybe be seen as if there is fiscal dumping. In quarter four, we only spent 22% of the allocated budget. Thank you so much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, with your permission, can I hand over to Ms. Middleton, DDG Fisheries? She's back uh, online. Yes, 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 yes. Let her continue. Uh, afternoon again, um, or morning, and apologies. I think I'm also started load shedding. So I was saying the first set of questions were from Honorable Matafa regarding the uh, the relevant license fees and application fees for the different sectors. And I was, I think as I got cut off, I was saying that this, uh, there are different license fees or application fees for the three different fishing sectors. The first one is small scale. And there, um, the small scale fishing sector have been exempt from paying all application and license fees. The second um, sector is the recreational fishing sector. There they pay an annual fee um, of 96 rand, uh, which, and they get the recreational permit from any South African post office or from the department. Uh, so that's, uh, and anybody over the age of 12 can uh, apply for a recreational permit. And as I say, for, uh, for a year, it is under 100 rand. Then the next um, set of, um, uh, the next sector is the commercial sector. And there you have varying application fees, uh, depending on the commercial value of the species for which you are applying. So, for instance, in the FRAP 21, um, 10 sectors, uh, the first one was traditional lionfish, and their minister exempted um, them from paying any application fee because that sector you apply as individuals. Um, so, lionfish, there was no um, application fee. Uh, 
tuna pole, for instance, um, you, the application fee was 1645 Going up to the most expensive was Hake Deep Sea Trawl, where an application fee was 40,986 Rand. Uh, so there are different fees uh, payable and applicable to the, the different sectors. Um, the next set of questions were of Hake fisheries in the Hake sector. The first one is Hake longline. The second one is Hake inshore trawl. And the third one is Hake deep sea trawl. Now, the um, Hake fishery that is applicable and more prominent and dominant in the Eastern Cape is the Hake inshore fisheries, uh, where mainly caught around Port Elizabeth and Mossel Bay. And that fishery was allocated in 2015 where um, the Eastern Cape and Southern Cape um, applicants uh, dominated, whereas the Heck Deep Sea Trawl is more a deep sea um, fishery off the coast of Cape Town, and that is why um, there were more uh, Western Cape um, applicants in the deep sea trawl. And then you get a mixed bag in terms of Heck Longline. Uh, fish around uh, the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape. I think Minister has already indicated that um, the appeals do not apply to West Coast Rock Lobster because that was allocated in 2015. Uh, so the start of the lobster season in November will not have any impact on the small-scale fisheries. Um, I must also indicate that although our target deadline for finalizing the allocation of fishing rights in the Western Cape to the small-scale cooperatives is March 2023, the current dispensation continues until such time that rights are allocated. So all the um, fishers, small-scale fishers and interim relief fishers in the Western Cape are allowed to carry on uh, fishing until such time that the new dispensation um, is in place. Then uh, in terms of questions around INJ and sea, uh, sea harvest, as Minister said, the appeals process is still underway. Um, but I do need to indicate that they are and were the biggest players um, in the uh, Hague deep sea trawl industry. And in order to allow new applicants um, into the fishery, which was one of our requirements, uh, they lost quite a big percentage of their previous um, TAC. Uh, we could only allow or um, there would only be enough fish for new entrants by taking away from some of the big players. And all of the big players have lost um, um, fish compared to their previous allocations. Then um, there was a question uh, from Honourable Dio Peters uh, regarding recreational uh, fishing and fishing in the Northern Cape um, in, in terms of rivers. And the Honourable Member is quite correct that um, the 
that category uh, of fishing in rivers is not covered by the recreational sector or recreational permit, and they are not fishing for sport or recreational purposes. They are fishing for uh, food on the table. And there we have the fisheries management branch has a relatively new mandate of dealing with what are called inland and freshwater fisheries. Uh, It is a mandate that we only got uh, a few years ago. And in this last financial year, one of our targets was the um, approval of the inland fisheries policy that has now been approved. And we are busy rolling out um, the inland fisheries policy. But unlike the marine space, this is going to be a concurrent function where we're going to have to work very closely with the provincial and municipal authorities, as well as other government organizations like Department of Water Affairs when we are dealing with dams uh, um, and other waterways. Then also in terms of there was a question about um, INJ and sea harvest and whether it was a requirement for them to, whether they were measured on employee shares in enterprise development. And the answer to that is yes. There were a number of transform uh, questions, uh, weighted scores under the transformation section, including the extent to which um, applicants paid employee share schemes, employee ownership schemes, um, their percentage wage bill, uh, BEE procurement spend, skills development spend, uh, employee learnership programs, new enterprise development programs, uh, contributions to medical aid and provident funds, uh, as well as new jobs that had been created during the course uh, of the fishing rights, the previous fishing rights dispensation. Uh, so there was a, there was a suite of uh, transformation um, uh, questions that were weighted um, for particularly for the big um, players. Then in terms of the question from Honourable Sheikh, um, just firstly to indicate that um, we do not have, uh, we do not allocate um, fishing rights to foreign companies. You have to be a South African-owned majority company in order to qualify for a fishing right. That's unlike um, some of our neighbours like Namibia and um, Mauritius who do allow foreign fishing. We do not. Um, Also, there was, I think, uh, Honourable Dio Peters um, raised the question about um, pirates and people fishing, foreign um, boats fishing illegally. Um, We are not aware uh, and I, as I've said, it's uh, we do not allow or permit um, foreign fishing vessels to fish in our waters, in our EEZ, Exclusive Economic Zone. Uh, however, um, foreign vessels do can request right of passage. So in other words, they are allowed to pass through our waters from Mozambique to Namibia or wh- whatever their route is, um, but they may not fish. Uh, in our waters, and we are able to monitor them through a vessel monitoring system, and we can tell at what speed they are traveling and whether 
they are um, there are any nets in the water. So we are able to to monitor that. There was a question about um, working with other law enforcement agencies to curb illegal fishing and overfishing. And the answer to that is yes, we do have partnerships through Operation Pakisa, the Ocean Master, uh, the Ocean um, Enforcement Plan. And to be honest, uh, the uh, fisheries branch would not be able to, to deal with illegal fishing and IUU fishing on its own. We are reliant on partnerships with other law enforcement agencies, particularly SARS. SAPS and the State Security Agency. And then our last one from Honorable Sheikh uh, about the snook uh, and the, the fact that Western Cape fishers are so reliant on snook. Um, so snook is uh, a species that is caught by small scale and the traditional linefish fishery. Um, other sectors do catch it, but as bycatch. And there we limit, uh, we have recently amended permit conditions to tighten up on um, other sectors and big trawl, trawl net fishers um, fishing for snook. We've limited the number of snook they're allowed to take, and they are not allowed to target snook directly, but they are allowed to catch snook as a bycatch. DG and Minister and um, Acting Chair, I think I hopefully have covered all the questions that were asked to, to fisheries. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chair. I think there's just three points that I just want to highlight. Uh, the first one, uh, Honourable Sheikh raised the issues on our irregular expenditure. What, what measures are we putting in place? What are we doing about it? We have um, uh, done investigations and some of the investigations are ongoing. Some have been concluded. The irregular expenditure was mainly emanating from prior years, I think from 2016, 17, 17, 18. And we had had to deal with that whole backlog uh, in terms of investigations where investigations are complete, we have instituted consequence management and uh, we have presented the details in relation to consequence management, uh, uh, where then we have found that there are certain officials that would have been responsible uh, in terms of that irregular, irregular expenditure. So we are in a process and our aim is to ensure that we then deal with the whole uh, backlog and send through to National Treasury. We have sent through the first batch, National Treasury, and they have condoned in the year 2021 an amount of about 300 million. Uh, and we have sent through almost close to about a billion. And our irregular mainly was as a result of uh, the department awarding tenders then without having objectivity criteria uh, when they advertise for the adverts. So objectivity criteria means that when you advertise your terms of reference, you must be very clear on how you're going to evaluate that tender. And you must have a clear criteria outlined 
so that then as a department you are seen to have been objective and have been transparent in the way in which you do your evaluation. Those were found wanting. We have realized that the resources, it's not as in they was a loss. Services were delivered. It is a matter of processes not having been followed and also the criteria not having been adhered to. But we are working tirelessly. And as indicated, these are matters that uh, the DM and the minister wants a regular update on in terms of us ensuring that we begin to clean the history so that we then have proper controls moving forward and we eliminate any irregular uh, expenditure moving forward. I think the other point uh, Honorable Sanguini raised was on disability. We have rounded up that 3 million. When you look at the 3 million spent on disability, it's actually 3.8 million. Uh, when you then look at that as a proportion of the 1.8 billion, it's about 0.2, less than 1%, 0.2%, and I think we rounded it up. Uh, but it is 0.2%. And I indicated in the presentation that as a department, we need to be working hard in ensuring that we begin to bring uh, disability uh, empowerment on board in as far as our procurement uh, is concerned. I think my last point here before uh, I, con- I conclude is on the uh, suggestion, uh, Honorable Member Matafa highlighted on uh, legal opinion, and I think the um, uh, CFO has jacked up my memory. We did get a, a, a legal opinion from senior counsel who then cautioned us to say, let's not take it beyond what the legislation is saying. Let's stick to the legislation. And then that's what we are doing uh, as a department because we were taking it a step further, which was not necessarily in line with the legislation. And that we were running a risk of then being found in terms of spending, that that spending is irregular because we've now applied rules beyond, even though it would have been uh, beneficiary to the uh, designated groups. But we are hoping that National Treasury would be in a position to address these matters so that then we can then be in a position to accelerate uh, transformation in as far as procurement is concerned. And and in conclusion, uh, Chair and Members, we are working very closely with the, with the, I'm working very closely with the DDGs and uh, uh, as they have personally uh, committed to the committee, we do have monthly uh, session where we monitor and we, I have uh, committed to report to Minister NDM in terms of any progress being made on the ground. We as a department are indeed not proud that uh, our performance turned out the way it was. And we really need to do more and ensure that we do uh, deliver uh, to benefit the people on the ground. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, members. Uh, Honorable Minister. Okay. Uh, I wanted I wanted to call a new chairperson before Minister Angen. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Chair, I think we've concluded our responses. No, what we're going to do now, let's allow, uh, the let's allow the chairperson of, of the committee to come in and uh, as he was uh, put off 
by low trading. After which then you will come back and uh, wind down. Jack, can I please have a, a second bite on a follow-up, please? Is it? Why? Okay, okay, okay. Did Honorable Tom win? Can I come in, Chair? Don't you want? Okay, come in then, the chairperson, after which then we'll take it back to the minister. Okay, okay. Thank, thanks, Chair. Uh, minister, you said there's no... Uh, lobster on appeal um but there is an appeal on south coast coast rock lobster that is under appeal if you care to explain first there and i think um on the other side minister we were not asking for you to to get into the appeals we just want the timelines as to when these appeals will be started and when it will be resolved because um we don't want we are well aware that you you won't be able to to go into into this um cases and then on the um i'm i'm still not satisfied on the on the response on the inj and the and the and the sea harvest on the uh, troll hake allocation um what is the justification may, uh, mainly uh, uh for this that those two companies is having um um that total allowance i didn't ask about the equity plans i just asked about what why are they are having that total allowance of catch and not uh, on under your 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 black owned fishing companies uh, we are not talking only about uh, small scale scale fishers, fisheries uh, minister there are black owned companies that, that are that is having capacity and they're having their own infrastructure so if you care to explain to us why is the the deep sea trolley controlled only by those two major role players in such big uh, scale? And then, lastly, have you ever met uh, industrial fishing bodies run by SMMEs other than Fish SA? And uh, don't you think uh, that there is part of the endless cases, court cases that in, emanates from that? That you are only specifically focusing on um, on fish essay and not meeting these other uh, uh, fishing um, uh, SMMEs. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Tangwene, are you done? Did Kabila that? No, thanks, 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 ma'am. Chairperson, you can come in. Um, thank, thank you so much, uh, 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 Honorable Chair of the session. And my apologies again. Um, <clears throat> as you have uh, correctly said, I was uh, kicked out by uh, load, 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 load shading. <clears throat> and uh, let, let me again welcome the, the, the presentation, as like, the colleagues have said. Minister, I just thought uh, it, I was not going to do justice to myself if I let the department go without raising issues. This uh, being your... Uh, <clears throat> Their first uh, appearance before ourselves. So a lot of questions, as you could see. Let, let me just start where Orabun Tlangwin ended. Uh, 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 the question of, of uh, INJ and, and sea harvest uh, uh, dominating our fishing, our fishing, I, I think we need to change it. Um, uh, <clears throat> the duopoly of, of these two companies uh, is it's just not good for democracy and uh, we can be held to transim at any time by uh, by the two of them. Um, the question of licensing, um, we may say that uh, the other companies don't have capacity, but the problem is that 
when they go for funding, they don't have anything in their hands. If, for instance, they were to be uh, given uh, uh, the rights to, to also fish, that's value that they go with to the bank or to any DFI, and then they say, we've got this, then allow us, um, <clears throat> then, then fund us. But as things are now, it's just a, a vicious cycle of uh, two companies dominating our waters, uh, uh, <clears throat> and they know that uh, black uh, companies, women companies, companies owned by people with disabilities will never have this uh, capacity to also get into, uh, uh, into their market. So I'm saying as we give out, as we give out licenses, license has got a value that I can take to the bank and ask them to find to find me. They've got a value where I can go to others to come and join me as, as a black company so that I'm also able to fulfill the uh, uh, the, the requirements of, of, of the license. So I think we need to uh, 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 oral minister DG, uh, DM, we need to revisit the way we give out licenses. I'll leave it at that. Again, if, if my uh, memory says me when I saw that in a slide, you said this industry is worth about 8 billion rand, and I think only about eight, 18 million rand goes to small, to small companies. That's, that's not even 5%. And again, we can't say we want to transform the economy, and we have those type of discrepancies. We would like to hear the plans, how we do it. Uh, uh, DG, uh, one of the things that we have said from uh, the, this, this committee is that we don't just want it to be a conduit of 2 trillion rand uh, uh, per year, 6 trillion rand, 6.6 .6 trillion rand in the MTF of, of the monies that are being uh, approved by parliament without seeing what they do in, in, in inclusive economic growth, inequality, and, uh, and poverty. In fact, the way it's, it's happening, I think we're just entrenching those things We'll find all our assets, parliamentarians and departments being conduits of these of, of these monies without impacting on what we are trying to do, the economic transformation of, 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 of our country. So um, I, I think it's an area that we'd like to hear, uh, or our minister, how we're attending uh, to that. Otherwise, uh, we'll get to 50 years still having INJ and see how it's been the only two companies which are dominating our waters and the rest of uh, the, uh, the emerging fisheries will just be clapping hands and being given all types of reasons by us as, 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 as government why they should not participate there. Um, I, I, I said we, we welcome the, the, the issue of the department uh, looking at strategic issues rather than the, the, the management issues which for, for, for us are given. Those things should be, should be there in the, in, 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 in the, in the department. Um, there is there is a, a, a phenomenon in the in the South Coast KZN <clears throat> where every season um, uh, you you have sardines washing at the coast. The communities there have raised an issue that um, this is a, a, a once-off event per year, but during that time of the year, you find that uh, there are so many uh, <clears throat> people who come there from the urban areas who come with a, a, a good infrastructure, take that fish, and then they go and, and, and make good money. The uh, Amakos in those areas have also raised this uh, a, a, a concern. Uh, one, I don't know, the question is, are, are you aware of, of, of that? Two, are there any types of interventions that we can make that uh, industry for those 
uh, people along the coast uh, who are who are, who are um, mainly poor and only depend on this to try and make that a more sustainable business. For instance, intervention in, in, in creating some cold storages so that they are able to keep some of those things for both uh, 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 for both uh, consumption and for uh, uh, small business activities. Uh, in forestry, uh, and, and we seeing the same uh, trend, uh, like the one that we do when we give farms back to people. And then uh, before you know, those farms uh, are unproductive because there is, there is no support that we, 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 we give. Uh, uh, briefly, uh, one would like to know what, what, what we are doing. For instance, even to, to get them involved in some form of, of, of industrialization. We import a lot of papers. We still import a lot of paper from, from China. Any uh, uh, initiatives in that regard uh, that you, you are looking at or you may be looking at? Honorable Sheikh, um, I thought you, you, you were going to raise this, uh, this Amazama problem. <laughs> because uh, uh, it's also more about uh, the, the mines which are left and are not uh, uh, rehabilitated. Um, there's a matter that Honorable Sheikh was, he was uh, with me, again, emanating from these unrehabilitated mines. I just wanted to get to know what is the involvement of, of, of uh, the, the, the department. And uh, as you have seen in the, in the, in the past few weeks, the havoc that the Zamazamas are causing into our communities. Um, um, the, the question of effluent to which contaminates our rivers and 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 dams. Are you uh, again? What what has the department been doing? Uh, here, any in, any involvement? Uh, are we ensuring that the people who are responsible for that are paying? The polluter pays principle. Um, uh, the question of what we call the negative external externalities. What what is the department uh, 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 doing around that? And the implication of the underspending of chemical and waste. What, what are the implications of, of, of that if you can if you can share if you can share uh, with with us <laughs> related to the question uh, which was raised by honorable peters uh, the question of how bad and big is the problem of, of poaching in our task uh, one hears of criminal activities taking place uh, there uh, up, alone, up alone being uh, one of them, but you know, you know better. Please uh, 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 share uh, with, with with us. And lastly, and lastly, <clears throat> the marine, marine science and related uh, 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 training. Uh, what is our involvement in trying to uh, to to encourage uh, the young people to be involved in this sector? We've got a very long coast, all types of of uh, uh, marine activity. Do we have any uh, uh, programs within the department uh, which encourage young people uh, to be involved uh, in this sector? Uh, through you, uh, 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 Honorable Zembo, uh, 
the if the if uh, the department quickly, obviously you 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 may not be able to give me all the answers, but those answers which are not answered, we always appreciate Tichi if you write back to us. Thank you very much, uh, 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 Chairperson. Honourable Minister. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, um, uh, Acting Chair. And if, if you will um, allow me, I would like to just to keep my camera off because now I've got load shedding. Um, Honourable Acting Chair, um, with regard to the rock lobster, Sorry, I was referring to West Coast Rock Lobster. South Coast Rock, Lo Rock Lobster is one of the fisheries um, that is uh, was reappointed under FRAP, and I've received 37 appeals for South Coast Rock Lobster. And as I've indicated, um, these are, are, are sectors where there are fewer appeals, um, on some of the other sectors, we've got as many as 200 appeals. So um, we're trying um, to expedite the process around sectors where there are fewer appeals. Um, on all the points that honorable members have made about uh, the current FRAP process, I had indicated right in the beginning that I would not want to comment because these are the matters that are before me. And uh, I think that all we can say is uh, this, this is exactly what, what a lot of the appeals are about. Um, whether there are enough new entrants, uh, whether the TAC awarded to smaller players is adequate, uh, um, Objections from the organized labor that we've taken TAC away from the bigger players. These are, these are all the issues. So let me, let me just say that, um, the honorable members, um, are really reflecting, uh, the issues in the appeals. And this is, these are the matters that are before me and that I must consider. Um, honorable chair, uh, our department is not responsible for the rehabilitation of mines. That is the responsibility of DMRE. And I'm sure, um, when you call them before you, you can ask them to tell you all about that. And of course, DMRE is also, as you would know, in, in the public domain, working with the department of, um, Policing to look into the Zamazama question. Um, what we are trying to do, Chair, is to introduce new regulations that make it mandatory that mines must invest money upfront in their closure operations because we would share the concerns of uh, many South Africans that um, mine closures are not properly budgeted for, and and the consequence of that is is subsequent environmental disasters. On the Yakas Fontaine, we have a team that is working down there together with DMRE and Water and Sanitation. Um, we are in fact today hosting a visit 
by the NCOP Portfolio Committee, the Joint Committee on Environment, Minerals and Agri. Obviously, part of our responsibility would be to to um, bring in experts to assess um, the the damage and the cons and to advise on the consequences of the damage. Um, we were very, very deeply involved in the UPL spill that resulted from the the unrest in in KZN last year. That was a spill that damaged the Umhlanga, um estuary, and indeed. Um, as you correctly point out, we have a principle that the polluter must pay. And in those instances and other instances, we are, we are part of a team that puts together the criminal and the civil proceedings in relation to those matters so that the polluter pays both, um, both, uh, if there are criminal issues, but also must pay for the cleanup. Um, on the poaching, the main the main um, area <coughs> where poaching is a is a serious difficulty. <coughs> is abalone and uh, west coast rock lobster. These are high value species. There is a legal trade, but there's also a flourishing illegal trade. And um, you may or may not be aware that this is something that is integrally related. Uh, with organized crime in the Western Cape. And it's something that we work on together with the um, police services and, and, and we work on together with our, our fusion center. And we have had, um, we have had some fairly big uh, busts, but um, it remains a, a tremendous threat to the wild stock and the consequences of that threat to the wild stock is 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 obviously impacts on the livelihood of um small scale and and um commercial fishers on marine science i did indicate that we have um a big program um which supports the teaching of life sciences uh in schools and um, we also have a program of offering bursaries for life sciences at universities and also internships for those who are qualified in this area. And, and we are pleased to say that um, in many instances, we are even starting to employ young black scientists whom we have um, supported through their, their education. Our department is the biggest employer of scientists um, in the country. And uh, I think we are quite proud of our record in this regard. And we continue um, to work in, in communities um, to support the teaching of life sciences that would help us in all of our branches. Um, let me pause there and let me request, Chair, that you can release me from this meeting. I have another meeting at 12.30. And you had indicated in your invitation you would release us by 12. Thank you. No, thanks, Honorable Minister. And uh, one, thanks for, for you and uh, your whole team that uh, you came to us with the full contingent of the department, which on a very now serious note, uh, Honorable Tipua, yes, raised the question that uh, in your department, 
it's a women on top kind of an arrangement, which I appreciate uh, that even if other departments could do as such. Uh, let's also wish you well with your, your, your plans going forward. And lastly, the, the Secretariat of the Committee would link with the Office of the DG so that uh, we can uh, continue interacting in terms of uh, the notes uh, on whatever that you as the, the minister and the department would wish us to know more about going forward. Thank you so much. Yes, you may be released, but uh, Thank you. Our, our, our agenda is still continuing. Uh, if those of you who wish to remain with us... Can I release my so. team? Can I take no. my team with me? No. <laughs> okay. Public <laughs> 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 minister, through Zembo, Zembo. Yes, Chapazee. Minister, do you want your team? Do you want your team with, to go with your team where you are going, or is it just your meeting? If I can, if I can go with my team, I'll okay. appreciate. You know, okay. this, this is a busy department. We don't want appropriation <laughs> to hold up performance. <laughs> okay. Chapazin. <laughs> yes, Yes, I think I think let me take the meeting back to you so that uh, you can wind up on uh, the traditional uh, proceedings. Oh. Oh, wow. To finish the meeting, for example, just have minutes to approve. That's all. Bye-bye. Bye, Minister and your team. Thank you. Thank you, Chair and members. Thank you. Thank you, DG and your team. DM, thank you. Honorable members, um, let's let's chair. Are you there, Zembo? No, I'm there, but just finish up, finish up, finish up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But but th- thank you very much for, for holding the fort. Hey, this thing is 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 shutting down. Um, uh, but thank you very much for the agility. Uh, that you as members uh, 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 <clears throat> too. Thank you. Honourable uh, mem- members, I, I don't think we have we have got uh, a, a, a minutes. Can I get indication of uh, any announcements? Uh, Mashile and uh, Darren? Mashile? Yes, 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 I was struggling here. Uh, good afternoon, ladies um, members. We've got two announcements. One, we've received an apology from Honorable Dikale after the meeting had commenced. One, and two, it's just a reminder that we'd have the next meeting tomorrow with the National Treasury at nine o'clock. The link will be sent in due course. Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank, thank you. Uh, I, I hope. Uh, Honorable Lamin is not going to throttle you about the uh, the the apologies coming in now, um, because I'm also joining. I also received an apology from Honorable Nkwankwa, who's out of the country. Uh, he couldn't also join us. I think those those will be the 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 announcements. Um, oral members, uh, it's uh, there are too many issues in in this in this, in this department. 
Um, fishing is a big it's a big issue mm-hmm. and the previous disadvantaged uh, communities the black people of this country um, uh, i think we need to follow up uh, with the department and the and the portfolio and so on because more should be, should be done to empower people who have always de- uh, <coughs> dependent on this um yeah thank you this takes us to the end of the meeting uh, agree with your chair yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Jefferson. Thanks, Jefferson. Jefferson, was there no minutes? <laughs> no, 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 no minutes today. Yeah. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you.